Hi, I'm Christopher Priest. I'm the writer of Deathstroke for DC Comics, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Got it in one. You've been practicing Richcraft. Launch um, my back a little bit and kind of just, you know. Get right you get in character. Do you have a character in mind for that woohoo, or it's just you no, do, doing the woohoo? Yeah, no, it's just me. Uh-huh. I mean, there are some. No, the woohoo is, is me, but I get. Yeah, to answer your question, there are other. That, that question is answered. But there are times where, if I'm doing something, yes, the, I will. He'll be a character in the back of my mind. Hmm. Nice. I'm. We're currently doing uh, character creation in class, and I'm trying to get across to my students that they should try and get into character as much as possible when they're drawing. And I said, if you're drawing a venusian slime creature who likes to wear studded leather pretend that you're this creature how would you move how would you speak would you leave parts of yourself behind would you be sad that there's parts of yourself being left behind would you try to reclaim them and i and i i keep going and going just to show them that there is no extreme to which you can go the chain is endless you could keep going down this conceptual chain and trying to flesh out this character and they look at me like i'm crazy they look at me like i'm absolutely nuts and i'm like eh, like there's one or two that get it and the rest of them are just like eh, it's not that hard <laughs> no they they act like character creation is the most difficult thing ever and it's so freaking simple you, you've been doing it since you've been a kid it's not it's not hard just whatever I I see I I just give up. Mm. Trying not to, but I think I'm giving up. Mm. That sucks, dude. Yeah. Well, when you're when you're greeted with blank expressions, when you're you're relaying something that should be inherent, should be second nature to someone who loves to draw. If you love right. to draw, these things should be effortless, or at least easier sure. than most other people, and they just they don't see it. Yeah, I'm not saying. It sucks like shame on you for giving up. I'm saying it sucks that you love to teach and I think in a perfect world would teach more. But the fact that you got a chance to teach this semester and it's a bunch of kids that aren't all that special, yeah. all that focus, that sucks. Right. Well, I, I'm on the books for illustration two next semester, too. Are these same kids going to be dating? No, no, I hope not. I really hope <laughs> not. Um, there, there's a, a Korean girl that is absolutely phenomenal. Every oh, nice. she, she's walking art. Every move she makes is is expressive. Every line she puts down, and it's just effortless for her. And she just pulls these characters out of out of nowhere, seemingly. And the other kids are extremely envious of her. You can see it. Right. And so naturally, I fawn on her because I think she's great. I think she's wonderful at what she does. And I'm trying, and I don't like to use her as an example because then she'll be that kid, you know, but I can't not use her because everything she does is just an expression and she's great, you know. And if I had a whole class of perfect world, if I had a whole class of her, man, I would be jumping up and down with glee. Mm. 
it would facilitate exploration on my part. See, I'm just going by the numbers now because that's all they I that all seems, they've earned. seemingly that's all they want because when I do yeah. step out they look at me like I'm on fire. So, I don't know. Enough about that. Hey everybody, how are you? It's 11 o'clock comics episode 655. And I was a frustrated Vince B, but I'm not now because I'm with my booze. I'm a very happy and elated Vince, Vince B. And tongue tie. Oh. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I was a, um, I was a weary and kind of tired David A. Price, but uh, now that I'm with my booze, I kind of got my second wind. Nice. You and Billy Joe. That's good to hear. And of course, when you talk about Vince and Dap, the third boo is obviously me, Mr. Joe Agashi, a.k.a. Ghost Rapper, a.k.a. Sir Dizzle, a.k.a. Deltron, a.k.a. Del the Funky Homo Sapien. It is I, Taryn Delvin Jones, at your service. Wow. Mr. Davalina. See, at least we got to say it. That's right. But you're not that incredibly long string of letters. You're Jason Wood, everybody, in the house. Love it. Don't all jump. I mean... <laughs> you do love it. Sometimes what you say is just fact. It just, just can just be out there into the, into it's, the ether. It's so glaringly obvious it does not need yes. a follow-up. Yeah. Right. And, and there is a source... For your comics and collectibles, that is so glaringly obvious that you should not look away. It is, of course, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get all the stuff you love at the prices you want to pay. For example, from Dark Horse, I saw it on Jason's list. It's probably on a lot of yours. It's another iteration of the Black Hammer um concept universe it is colonel weird in cosmagogue number one written by founding father jeff lemire with art by tyler crook first issue of four is 3.99 but you you're so smart you can have it for a dollar 99 that's 50 percent off from image all grudges put aside it's a book called firepower by robert kirkman and chris <laughs> somney come for the art um this is a <laughs> 9.99 trade paperback but you can have it you can bring it on home for 4.99 again half off and last but certainly not least we're going to take a little trip to cybertron with the man who mm, pretty much created mm-hmm. a lot of the mythology uh yeah. mr simon Furman returns Weed. yep With his uh, brother-in-arms Guido Guidi in tow and John Paul Bove are doing Transformers 84, a continuation of the Marvel series. Uh, This is called Secrets and Lies, number one of four. $3.99 cover price. That's good, IDW. Keep it in that zone. And uh, it can be had at DCBService.com for a lousy $1.99. That's a half off that first issue. So, DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books in pristine condition, wrapped up nice and tight. Ding dong, delivered to your domicile by a custom custodian of some kind of delivery service. DCBService.com. I'm not sure. Does everybody get in FedEx? Uh, lately. 
Yeah, so it, uh, it it's fluid. No, mine is UPS usually. I, I in fact I would I would almost say always. I don't I can't think of it time used it to be UPS. And and it's I get the FedEx alert now. I, I, it may actually yeah, mine comes FedEx too. Alternate, but yeah, I mean it's it's been FedEx more than not lately. Um, but I get my alerts whenever. I'm getting anything from either carrier, uh, but yeah, no, and neither one has a. Um, I don't have an issue with either, but but the FedEx seems to I think be a little quicker. I think I'm getting them a little sooner than I used to. The FedEx boxes are so dirty when they come, though. That's true. I don't get it. Like if 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 I slide the the box on the tabletop and when I'm opening it, I and when I'm finished, I take the box away. It's like what? There's like a layer of bleh on the table. It's I don't. I don't know. Their, their warehouses must be very dusty. It's all I can think. But so what? It's protected by the box. Is long story short. But I just you know just scratch my head like why do FedEx are so bleh? whatever? What are we so drinking? Blah, 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 blah. What are we drinking? Who are you asking? Oh, I'll go first. Um, I am drinking from Cigar City Brewing. Uh, H.O. Amano, uh, born in Tampa, Florida. This is called Space Pope India Pale Ale. Space Pope. Space Pope. Yeah, it's got sharks and shit on the on the on the can. It's really cool, and it is an IPA, and it's very, very, very delicious. Space Pope. <laughs> okay. <sighs> what you got, Jason? I got, I got three things. Mm. <laughs> I got, I got water. That's the last thing. So I'll start with that. I got Schweppes pink grapefruit seltzer, and then I got a new, a new thing. It's like my new favorite thing. <sighs> Credit to my, 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 my peoples, the Kennedys, who we spent <laughs> the weekend with. Uh, they uh, introduced me to this, and it's my, I'm addicted to it. It is uh, there's a, a, there's a coffee maker called La Colombe. Uh, French word for Colombian, like C O L O M B E, and they make these little prepackaged drinks. So, the one I'm in love with is La Colombe Triple Shot Draft Latte. So it's can, it's got uh, it's just like a Guinness when you open it. It's got a nitrous capsule inside, so it's got nitrous infused milk, cold brew, and it's got three shots of espresso. 175 milligrams of caffeine. It's incredible. Mm. And it's lactose free, by the way, Vince. Well, you just said milk. It's it's lactose free milk. It's that, you know, they can they make that, that now. That parm a lot. Yeah, you know, even if it's lactose free, the very the 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 mouth Strain. the mouth quality of milk just turns my stomach. I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I just can't. You might not like that on that reason, but it's it's safe to drink. So. Yeah. It's 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 phenomenal. I I it's all I could do not to drink like eight of them in a day, but I've had one a day. So, well, so from now on, I guess you're not going to get on me for having, to, you know, multiple large coffees every morning because that three shots of espresso, come on, that's that's some that's a nice uh, caffeine kick. Um, yeah, I don't think I really get on you for the coffee. I get on you for how much coffee you drink because it's bad for your stomach. Is it really? The caffeine in and of itself yes. isn't so bad, but the, ca- the that much coffee is bad for your gut. But, mm. but I mean, hey, I mean, if it doesn't mess up your gut, then it doesn't mess up your Nothing gut. Everybody's gut's different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the subject of milk, my son is lifting now for football. 
Oh, and, he's getting swole? Yeah. And he's like, hey, mom, can you buy me whole milk? And she's like, cool, I'll buy you whole milk. So he's been on this whole milk kick, and now he's like, can you buy me heavy cream? Oh, my God. And the motherfucker what? drinks heavy cream. Oh, my God. In a glass, and I want to vomit. I just, yes. it's, if it, it turns my, I can't even look at him when he drinks. Well, because number one, I'm lactose intolerant. So milk is verboten for me. And the idea of actually drinking milk just sends the shivers down my spine. But heavy cream, like, oh my God, kill me. He is getting muscular, though. Ooh, he is so muscular. Muscular. Yeah. <laughs> he was already a handsome devil, damn. Joe Rogan. I was going to get swole, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It's all about the ladies. He he could not care less about the football. It's all about the ladies. Do you blame him? Yeah, like no. Like son. It's true. It's true. All right. Flyer for real. Do we have any thank yous? Because we got to talk about the comics. It's a big week. I, I'm marveled at this little post on the slacks that you said you haven't been this excited to talk about a new comic in ages. Yes, it's true. It's very, so very true. I hope it's the I'm one I think it, it is because otherwise I'm going to be shocked. Y'all don't want to know what I'm drinking. Oh, did we? Oh, I'm sorry. We eclipsed you. Go ahead. Please tell us what you're drinking. We're very rude. <laughs> now you're very rude. You're very excited to talk about the comics, and that's fine. You want to talk about the comics? Go for it. No, I want to talk about the comics after you uh, spill what you're it, drinking. It, it, it ain't no thing. I hope I don't spill any. It's, uh, it's a new Cabernet Sauvignon from, uh, well, new to me, but it's 2013. It is uh, Las Palmeras. Um, from uh, Monterey County, out in uh, California, IA. and it is um, it's it's dangerous. I, I uh, again, thanks to uh, thanks to my boo for for wine text. I, I got a half a case mm-hmm. yesterday, and um, and it does not taste like as inexpensive as it as it costs and. It's like I said. It, it's it's. The, I do not see these six bottles lasting long. It, it's um, but it it it's extremely tasty and and uh, not sweet at all. Got a nice linger. There's some um, yeah. There, there's just this is really really good. And I think it, it's one of those wines where whether you're having a, a slice of two brothers pizza or you're having a nice. Nice surf and turf thing going on. It will pair with either, but um, yeah, I, I am I'm real happy with this. I'm glad I only have a little bit left because that's all I'm going to drink tonight, and then I have um, some seltzer to chase that with later. Man, I got to see about getting Gary Vaynerchuk to start sponsoring this this podcast. I would love that. <laughs> that would be great. He's got the money. I mean, shit, he's got the money, and we're talking about the wine text a lot. Seriously. Cool, Shout out to Gary V. What up? I'm what down. Hurt? I'm right. down for it. Gary Vanderchimp, get on here. Vanderchimp, no. And, and t- <laughs> it's Vanderpump rules. <laughs> so the what's the, the the patrons will hear this uh, at the end of the month. But um, since we were discussing it briefly when when Vince was running down. Um, he 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 broke down Jason from from like you know most awesomest to to almost my 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 not as awesomest on 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 his rankings and knowing this? we he, we were talking when, uh, before you got here when you were having technical difficulties and I said everything I read this week was awesome but it's 
it there there are strata of awesome. I said the top oh, the top tier was completely amazing, no reservations about it at all. The the middle tier was great. It was it was great, but not as good as the top thing. And the third thing was was pretty very very good, but it uh-huh. was a little skewed to one side of the creative team. That's all I said. And so go ahead, Dap. So okay. so based on based on the three things that are in his what I read list for this episode, um, and, you know, and, 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 and I love Vince because if Jay, and we've mentioned this before, but, or at least I have where Jason and I will carry over things. If we didn't get to talk about them, we'll carry them over into, into the next week. And, and with Vince, it's like, this is what I read this week, whether he's going to, dis- or whether he gets a chance to bring it up during the show or not, it's like, that's it. It's a one time only. Deal. Oh that's yeah. I, I never, week. And then the next, so it's like, even if he, if he's got eight things on it one week and he only talked about five of them come Sunday night, Jason, I'll get a message. I didn't read anything yet. I don't know what I'm going to talk about this week. It's like, but you still have like a half a dozen things from last week you could carry over, but it's like, no, I know. Especially week. I got to start. read thousands of comics that he's never talked about on the show. It's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, but so, yeah. So, so the three things that he did put for this week it knowing vince it wasn't difficult to um can i rank them sure okay don't tell me also i'm just gonna give me the three and then then you can tell me i'm like okay the the one that was just at the bottom tier like good but not writing home about it thor the thing that was pretty good like but not quite top tier thumbs and the thing that was top tier was plunge no Oh shit! No, you're wrong. Close, but that yeah. you were close. You were very close. Okay. So, so thumbs is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I didn't read thumbs, so I can't speak on it. No, no, it was not at the top. The tippity top. We're starting from the top, and then we'll we'll descend. The at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, the thing I'm most excited about this week. I thought it was an absolutely perfect number one issue. It. It set Wolverine. the sta- it set the stage. It it oh, no. it it took us by the hand and, and ushered us into this this <laughs> new world. It was written by Joe Hill with art by Stuart Immonen. Oh yeah, that book. Color art by Dave <laughs> Stewart. It is Plunge number one, and oh, Jack Kirby was it amazing? Uh, the dialogue was so natural and crisp and and it he oh see you no. had to start with that you had to start with that that that, that, that there's one and it it, it i'm not I'm, I'm not gonna bear to lead it it stuck out to me like it, it was just when we get to that page when we get to that section of the book uh, i'll mention it then but but that you stop me in my tracks right because that's what you start off with 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 how great the book is with that and there's well, one part of dialogue where i was just like okay but Please, I, I, I want you to continue. Well, um, okay, we'll we'll get into the the uh, finer points after we tell them all what it's about. Um, we don't really know what it's about yet, but we do have clues because uh, it starts in uh, Atu Island, which I found out through research is the westernmost point of Alaska. I did not know that. I like to know geographically where these stories take place. And when the, the, when we're thrown at two island massacre bay, I got to know where this takes place. So, you know, fire up the Google. I'm like, okay, we're in Alaska, westernmost point. 
um, and we're given a date. Everything happens in a in a very very short period of time in this first issue. We're given a a, a time of October third, and this man is walking on the beach with his dog, and he comes upon a mass of beached giant squids colossal squids just washed up on the beach and he's like oh this mm, this is weird unfortunately that's not the only weird thing because he is then inundated by a giant wave from a tsunami okay next day the navy receives a distress signal from a survey ship that was lost at sea which is not uncommon right uh but in this instance the survey ship was lost at sea for more than 40 years. Mm. And it's a ship named the Durlith. Okay. Just stop right there. The ship is called the Durlith. And it's a, you will later find out that the story has Lovecraftian elements in it. And it's written by Joe Hill. And I think the fact that he named a ship after August Durlith, look him up, is very significant. Right? It just didn't pick the name out of the ether. I'm just going to call the ship the Durlith. No, it's an homage to August Durlith, uh, a writer of weird fiction, right? I'm glad you said this because I did not look it up. Well, I didn't have to look that up. I knew that. Um, well, awesome. I'm glad you explained it to me then. Yes, because I love you. But apparently, the tsunami washed up the Durlith from wherever it was, and um, its automated distress system which we later find out was solar-powered. So the, the boat is pitched with its solar panels in light of the, the sun, the midday sun, so it activated the distress beacon. And the people of the Navy are like, this is just freaking weird. So uh, the boat is owned, or the ship, is owned by someone. And the someone is uh, Rococo International, this giant conglomerate. And they send their man, Mr. David Lancome, to uh to to take steps to get this ship back right so uh, the the ship the whole idea for this this ship this survey ship was this is a company that wants to increase goodwill with the population so they sent this survey right. ship out to to scout out you know new organisms or supposedly extinct organisms and just generate some kind of benevolent feelings among the population uh there which is a very very which is a valid thing that all of the big energy companies do. Sure, right? I mean, for how much they rape the planet, they want to make it seem like they, they don't. Um, so this David Lacombe hires, or uh, at least approaches, this uh, very small salvage company, Carpenter Wreck Removal, to retrieve the ship. But there's a bunch of wrinkles in the plan. Dildos. Well, besides dildos, we'll get to the dildos <laughs> later. Uh, the uh, the ship, the Durlith, popped up at the uh, Sinicnik Atoll, which we're told is in Russian territory. So you can't, or you shouldn't, just barge in, cross international lines into foreign territory, just take something and leave. Like, the Russians aren't just going to... If they know that you're doing it, they're just not going to sit idly by and let you traipse across their borders and grab something and leave, right? Um, there's another wrinkle. It turns out that the son of Rococo's one-time CEO was one of the crew lost when the ship went missing. Uh, 
So it's not only about property, it's personal with this company. And Lacombe also secures the services of a woman, uh, one Mariah Lamb, an absolutely drop-dead gorgeous, uh, in the hands of Stuart Eminent, a beautiful marine biologist. Why was she chosen? Well, she has intimate knowledge of deep water Arctic conditions. She did her dissertation or her thesis or something on um, these deep water, th- whatever. Uh, but she's valuable. She knows stuff. So they bring her in. And we're introduced to the captain and the salvage team. And and everyone has their side of the story and their agenda. But um, they they get to this area. The captain eventually agrees to it reluctantly they get to the area because he's being paid what five times his normal fee yeah yeah Yeah. it's not a mission that a salvage mission that anybody in their right mind would want to take because it's very very dangerous you could get killed but when someone offers you five times your salary it's like mm, it greases the wheels a little bit so they get to the atoll and um they're all like, wow, the weather's pretty good. Let's go ashore because we're probably not going to see this kind of weather for a while. Let's go have, you know, sing Kumbaya around the fire and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and stories are told and things are said. And it's, it's, you have to read it. I'm not going to get all into the, the conversations because it's a very, very wordy first issue, but not to its detriment. I think it's the, the wordiness, the, the, the dialogue and the conversations, what, what really, pulled me into this thing aside from the fact that there are ominous portents of something very very dark brewing in this first issue not only the giant squids washed on the shore that's never a good thing um mariah back at her home base had these these bristle worms which they're aquatic somethings that behave a certain way but they're really not behaving that way anymore turns out they're starting to eat each other, which is, she's never seen it. Um, and the fact that the ship has been missing for 40 years and just happened to turn up, right? So uh, at the end of the issue, it, there's the hook that brings all the, 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 the darkness and the supernatural stuff to the forefront. She enters this little area on the island and there, there's a man... It doesn't look like he was recently deceased because he has a knife in his hand and the blood on the knife is dripping. So for blood to drip, it can't be too long after the fact, right? And he has what looked to me like bristle worms eating his neck. Yeah, like glowing. They're like glowing or something. Glowing, glowing bristle worms. And this is the thing that got me. The bristle worms speak mm-hmm. directly to Mariah. Knowing her name and everything. They know her name, number one, which is creepy AF. And they said, it's all right if you need to scream, Mariah. <laughs> like, oh, you got me. But honest, honestly, th- this issue, for me anyway, succeeds on two fronts. I think Joe's story is great. He has his father's knack for dialogue. We'll get into that. And Eminem, oh, God. Good golly, Miss Molly. Eminent is, I can't praise this guy enough. I, I think he's just an incredible, incredible talent. His his people are 
amazing. His body language is, is on point. The way he works with shadows, composition, his everything, just soup to nuts. Everything about Eminent makes me want to just <laughs> scream. He's so good. You ain't lying. Yeah. It is it it is an absolute gorgeous gorgeous book and and I don't you know normally when you see Eminem's name you you see Wayvon Grobacher after it and and this is just Stewart with Stewart um and it's uh it 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 looks fantastic there I, I, it's weird it, there were some especially when the shadows were involved but but there are some some panels that that kind of remind me of um of alan davis which is something i don't normally see so i'm mm. i'm guessing I, I don't know if that's just more of stewart style or if 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 because uh, he was before this he was uh in, in air quotes retired but um i don't know if if when he doesn't ink himself i'm not sure it, it's i i want to go back now and and look at other inkers to see um if if they may be heavy-handed or if if uh if stewart leaves things up to them or or how he uh if maybe this is a little bit looser for him because he knows he's thinking it himself but uh it, you could definitely see it stewart the, the, the line work is absolutely there but there's especially with um with old bill and 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 some of the other characters when i look at their foreheads i look at their not not up close not not when you see the expressions if if there's a full-on face in the panel but but usually if someone's hanging out in in the background of a panel um it it just it, it reminded me of uh of davis and, and farmer in some places but no it, it's it's probably you know we we were talking about uh basketful of heads being you know the best looking hill house book and i i i think um it was yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't think we're going to be able to make that claim for for the next few months. But and it and and it was an absolute. I mean, I enjoyed the first issue of Basketful of Heads, and it, it definitely made me want to read the next issues. Um, but this one, I you know immediately. I mean, the the words and pictures just grabbed me by the throat and 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 threw me down. I mean, it it this issue owned me. I loved everything about it except for this one panel where 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 they where, where gage is just spewing a whole lot of stuff that i can't believe would come out of it. it's everything is going smooth with the way these brothers act with each other you know he's the likable one he's the smart one he's 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 gage is the one who you know broke my collarbone by knocking me off the couch it, it's i love the relationship i i think the way the setup was with all the characters so, so you know just like a typical horror movie where you, you get all the beats, you know exactly that this is the doctor, this is the smartass, this is the, the, the techie. The, everybody's got their purpose and, and, you know, Joe writes them so that you know exactly who kind of everybody is right from the start. But when they're all going to go to the island, because it's probably the last time they can do that since weather's coming in, and, and Gage is like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm... Uh, I'm not, I'm here for a job, not to you know watch Tweedledee and 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 Tweedledee and and he just he goes on this whole thing about about the the guitar and and I'm like that was just the whole it, it was it it wasn't hard for me to read in my head but I mean to have somebody actually say all of that that was like that that was probably and and the reason I'm harping on it is because everything else about the issue just 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 flowed for me and it just I, I like the way Joe writes. The characters in his books and the way he sets things up but 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 this for for gage to come out with all this it just it really just 
it was the weirdest thing of everything I've read from from Joe Hill, kind of from in one word balloon. Um, I still don't know what you're talking about. Today, it's it's they're, they're going to go to the island, so it's towards the end of the issue, and 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 Mariah asks Gage, you know, do you want to join me, and, and or do you want to join us? And he says, want. Don't figure into it. I'm here for a job, not to watch Tweedledee burn hot dogs while Tweedledillon plays his favorite tunes from Deliverance on his poodle-sized excuse for a guitar. So, and and, and you know, then you can take a breath, and and, and he says, "Go if you're going to go. We got weather moving in. This might be our last good night for a while." So it's 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 the page right before they all get in the raft and, and go to the yeah. island. But oh, I see it, it was yeah. it was just a lot, and I was like that that I mean, and and for the way Gage was talking to. To, to to look on everybody else in the issue and then to drop that info dump on us it was it, it just it it was drawing to me to, to my ears but other than that i mean if that's my only nitpick for this issue i i really got nothing to bitch about with this issue i yeah i i can't wait to see where we're going with this and and i think that what i what i appreciate is that there's no they're all the hell house books all have that you know focusing on letting you know it's it, it's a horror line but there's no um there's no set style this is you know the basket full of heads is is different than lola woods or dollhouse family and 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 the plunge is different than than, than all of them so far and i i i think that that's I'm i'm enjoying that about the line there's nothing like okay you can't nothing is going to if if i if I didn't pick up Basketful of Heads, then I'll just get that same kick or, or fix from um, Daphne Byrne. It, it doesn't work that way. Every 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 ish every title feels different. There, there might be a, a thriller horror bend to them all, but but they're not. Um, it's not one size fits all. Jason, you're a little quiet. No, no, I, I was, I mean, I'm letting you guys talk, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I generally agree with everything that, that you said, Vince. I, I think that, um, there was a, a, early on the, early on in the book, I thought, oh no, cause I thought this is a really wordy book. Like I was three or four pages in and I, I was like, wow, this is a lot of words. And so then I kind of just quickly th- flipped through the issue and I thought, oh, I'm like, this might be a wordy bitch, but it it's like a plane that looks like it's gonna, you know, have trouble clearing the mountain. But then once it does, it's it's clear blue skies. So even though there is a wordy one, I, I do agree with you that generally, once you just kind of take notice, it, it it the rest of the book was smooth sailing, and and I I thought for the most part the dialogue was well placed and didn't come at the expense of. The, the visuals because I, I always worry when a when a novelist does comics because uh, they're novelists so they're used to writing lots and lots and lots of words to describe things um, and Joe Hill's case he's very good at that but um, but you know then obviously comics are at their best when they let the the uh, illustrations tell most of the story um, but then again this isn't Joe Hill's first foray into comics right so he's it, it was less of a risk. So, so all in all, I think it was a, a minor fear at first that was unfounded. And I mean, you guys are obviously spot on with imminent. I, I, I don't know what else there's to say about the dude. He's, he's, we were talking offline and we were commenting that, you know, he's that guy that 
seemingly is one of the few uh, working modern artists in the industry that has the love and admiration of just about everybody else in the industry. Like you ask if you just sort of go through artist alley to con and say, who's the best working artist in comics. There's a good chance that Eminem wins by plurality. You know, he's a guy that just, you're going to hear more than one artist mention, whereas most people might just pick someone, you know, it's, he's just, he's one of those guys that just gets, uh, is, is just appreciated by his peers in a way that, uh, just speaks to how talented he is. And, uh, and I'm just happy that you guys uh, finally appreciate the guy because you, you didn't understand what he was doing in Next Wave, and at least now you get it. So that makes me happy. He was I've, been on, I've been on Eminem for a, I've been on Eminem for a minute. Yeah, yeah. He's the yeah, saving the grace of. He's the saving grace of Next Wave. I, no, I'm, but but point being, I, I I think it's you guys know I, I dig uh, oceanic stories. So mm-hmm. um, I heard that. So yeah, so that was dope. Um, and the final page um, was freaking creepy as fuck, and yeah, and I'm completely enraptured because I don't know. I mean, is this is it ghosts? Is it aliens? Is it is it in her head? I you know I I we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. But right. Um, and if nothing else, even even if this story, even if this first issue is a false flag and the rest of the series doesn't deliver, which I would be shocked by, I'm just thrilled that it got. Stuart Eminent out of retirement because what was it about a year and a half two years ago he announced he was retiring from comics yeah and uh, and was going to just paint and do other things and uh, so I'm thrilled that Joe Hill got him to come back to comics um, so yeah this is um, and I also agree with you what you were saying Dap which is that I think Leo Max on Basketball Heads is far and away from me because I'm not a big Kelly Jones guy uh, the best art I've seen uh, from Hill House. And very special, but I think that uh, unfortunately for Leo Max, he's lost the crown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's probably, no he's probably the own. only one who is like, damn it, White Stewart have to come back. Through no yeah. fault of his own, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, anyone could lose the crown to imminent. Absolutely. Definitely. God damn. Things. If, if you're going to traipse into Lovecraftian territory, Lovecraft is inextricably linked to the, the the sea so it it makes sense for a nautical setting for this uh one of the best comments i can give this issue was that there was a point very very early where i wasn't aware that i was reading a comic book really it, it, yes it became uh, it, it took me out of the here and now and injected me into this reality, and I I just lost track of time. Uh, it 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 didn't. I, I I can't tell you how long it took me to read this first issue because I wasn't aware of it. I just lost myself in it, and that's that's the highest praise I could ever give anyone who creates visual and or narrative fiction that just i it made me made me forget that i was not a participant i was an observer which is great that's that was, that's that very hard to, it's hard to do absolutely yeah and and again i the reason why i didn't uh while i don't agree with him but the reason why i didn't notice that word balloon dap was talking about was because 
it, it just everything just seemed like I was watching something unfold in real time. It does bounce around a lot, but you get what I mean. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it just absolutely. it just felt totally believable and immersible, and uh, I mean, and there's a lot of things in here that just won my heart. The the cache of giant black dildos, totally okay. random, but but it it made me l appreciate these characters for who they are. That the captain's like, right. are you the guy? Because I got a, mm -hmm. a, a, a cargo oh, load of these right. giant black dildos, so bigger than an elephant. <laughs> And, you know, th then you get the smart-ass uh, crew, like, hey, we should put that on our business card. That That's really good. There's a Jaws reference yep. that goes on, and it, it's, it was just magnificent, just amazing. I'm so glad that they decided to create this because uh, – and wordiness is in Hill's genetic code. He gets it from yeah, his father. Because he's a novelist. I mean, that's the thing. But it's look at his father. Oh Pretty, right, no, yeah. well, that, but that's what, no, that's what I'm saying though. I mean, regardless of, I mean, sure, uh, you, yes, his dad is Stephen King, but I mean, also he himself is an accomplished novelist. Like that's just that's that's his nature. He thinks his, his in his world, words words are the, the 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 weapon he wields. Right, and I I think he used them to an, to his advantage in this issue. Um, it wasn't like we've like you said, it wasn't like we've seen when when uh, uh, Coates came over like the first couple black panthers that that coates wrote were a little bit out of the zone right because you have to you have to get into the 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 methodology of comics and i think uh he was a little bit uh he, he had some growing pains where it just seems like joe hill has burned those away and is now full-fledged you know speaking so when you read when you read the cape, because that was that was his first. It was that came out before Lock and Key or right after? I think it came out after Lock and Key, like while it was going on. Okay, and and I, I know mean, for I, sure I, though I didn't read the cape, so unfortunately I did. But that 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 that's my my dislike, and that is is because of of the character, the, the, the slacker who just you know lucks into finding a cape and basically the Kyle Rayner of. Uh, but it, it's so Lock and Key. Obviously, grave reviews, and 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 if, if that was his first work, then yeah, Vince, you're right that that you know he, he came out the gate swinging, and um, but I was I I was thinking if if the cape was his first, then that would have been um, his growing pains. But but uh, to 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 your point, he doesn't seem to be Joe did not suffer um, the things things that uh, that Coates needed to. Kid is yeah, Lock and Key started in 2008. Okay. Uh, Kodiak, The Cape, uh, were both 2010. The Lock and yeah. Key was his first work in comics. His first comics work, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, okay. There's, his first book was Heart Shaped Box, which is three years before that. Yeah, there's a little bit of wordiness to Lock and Key at times, but. Oh, sure. Yeah, not not excessively so. Uh, but. And again, he had benefit of, and, and not to say that Coates didn't with 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 Acuna or or uh, or Stelfreeze, but um, you know, and Rodriguez has a huge part in in making Lock and Key what it is because it, it it looks amazing. So he he lucked out. Joe, Joe continues to luck out with, with with getting fantastic artists to work on his books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
not to go off on a tangent here or to have a hot take, but I <laughs> I am an unabashed fan of Tanessi Coates's prose. I do not think he's quite figured out how to be a great comics writer yet. Um I like the Wakanda thing that's going on now. The the it, what is it? The the uh interstellar the, the galactic yeah. Yeah, I think he's Yeah, no, not for me. Really? See, I think no, no, he's I need he's to hit- catch up on his Captain America. Oh, I haven't read that. But I think he's hitting his stride with the the uh current Black Panther. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I I, I find it a slog. Oh. I mean, you know, I love that character, but that's fine. I mean, I, but that being said, I mean, for those that aren't, I've talked about this in the show before. I, I think the beautiful struggle and between the world and me are phenomenal works and, and should be read by anybody that has even a passing interest in understanding um, what it's actually like to be black in America. So, All right. So I would like to tackle those one day. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna just read one, then I would read Between the World and Me. But uh, okay, they're both very short. They're like novellas, really. But anyway, um, like I said, I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but I just like I would give. I feel like Joe Hill feels more comfortable in comics. Yeah, like I read um, Heartshape Box after um, Lock and Key started coming out, and I didn't care for it. Now I haven't read his other novels, so I, I don't want to act like I'm an authority on his novels, but I personally find his comics more engaging than his, his, than his, well, his debut novel, I should say. So, whereas for me, Coates is on the other side of that one. Neat. So end of the day, plunge. Number one is a freaking home run. Um, more and more. I'm thinking the sea dogs is a very bad decision on their part. <laughs> I haven't read a single moment of it so because I, I just it. keep skipping over it. Yeah, I don't read it either. Yeah, uh, it is added value if you're buying all of the Hill House books, but if you're yes. not, and you're, and you're reading them in order, since yes, it is a serial that is is a page for each or a different chapter in each issue. It's on chapter fourteen already. It's like yes, with this one, I yeah. don't even remember half of the stuff that that was was going on. It, but I mean, Dan McDade's doing a good job. He is. It looks great. It does. Yeah, it's not, just I couldn't. Yeah. It. It's too scary. It reminds me. It reminds me of of Tales of the Black Freighter, actually. But, um, yeah. It's it's only because it's there. It's it, it's like an added extra to to the main story that really doesn't tie into it. But, um, yeah. But yeah, and the fact that you know you were so just overtaken by it and immersed in in there i mean that's i can't think of a higher compliment no. to give a comic book because i mean i i no matter where i am if i'm reading it in the car or at work or on my couch you know it, wherever i am and 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 i try to get sucked in and i'm i'm the time just goes by and i i lose track of time and but to just to feel like you're part of that world you can almost like smell the seawater and, mm-hmm. and, and you're just listening and, and you're infatuated with, with, with mariah and you want to go to the island it, it's that's that's a whole level that i i i live for that shit that's that's what i want every time it doesn't happen every time obviously but every time i sit down with a comic book i want to that that's the kind of experience i want to have yeah i have this weird mm-hmm. tendency to lose myself in things um i get flack from the kids and my wife because 
something will be on the TV that is very, very seemingly very important to me in the moment. And they can be talking to me and I won't hear them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm ignoring them consciously. I, I do not hear what they're saying. The, the, the sounds don't seem to be able to pierce my attention when I'm riveted on something. So I mm-hmm. have, I have the, that, that, that odd ability to lose myself in things that matter to me. And this, as soon as I, saw the giant squids in the the nautical setting i thought okay joe hill this is going to be lovecraftian that's when he got me and uh didn't really take no i didn't at all take note of the passage of time um i didn't even realize that i was sitting down but you that that's just how complete the the Joe, Joe Hills and Eminem and Dave Stewart's hands were. They just they just wrapped around me, took me, and and it was like I was abducted. And when I was done, I was like, "Woof, wow!" I, I don't remember anything other than than reading this issue for the past I don't know however many 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 minutes. So yeah, again, massive massive thumbs up for sure. I'm not going to say the line that everybody wants me to say in regard to something that'll happen next year, so I won't. <laughs> y'all can y'all can just shut up but well what'll be great but it's it's great that it will it it starts and finishes in this year so it 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 can it will it can land on any number sure of of those unnamed categories for that unnamed event right which i'm not talking about right <laughs> okay <laughs> what else do we have we we we've read a lot of stuff do we do we we want to three things. I don't know if that counts as a lot, but um, I think we may collectively like if, if you total <laughs> up all three of our things. Yeah, I I have it queued up, but I haven't started it yet, Jason. But I I'd love to know um, your thoughts on Protector Number One. Oh, uh, I don't know that I even remember it. Okay, Carry no, on. I mean, which is probably a bad thing for it. I, I I read it last week, put it on the list, and I oh okay. I, I know. I mean, I have to think. I literally I'm sitting here thinking like, well. well that's right, yeah, because we, we, we did get it with the image stuff, but I think it came out this week, right? Oh, did it? Oh, I yes. Think it, I think yeah, I, I saw it, it yesterday. I read it the day we got it. Uh, okay. Hold on. Oh, let me, hold on. Let me, let me just, uh, maybe if I see it, I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad yeah, now. exactly a resounding endorsement for it. When hold on. I don't feel so bad when the the smartest guy in the room can't remember what he read last week. Because that's last a, week. Yeah, that's a problem I have frequently. That will say, "Hey, let's talk about this." And I'm like, "Oh, damn! I read that like a month ago. I'm gonna have to reread it because I don't recall the specific details, like the overall picture, sure, but I don't recall the details." And the fact that he's not able to do it a week ago makes me feel really, really good. That's all I want to say. <laughs> okay, I, you know what? Now, okay, it's coming back to me. Um, all right, first of all, let's let's give propers where propers due, and this is one of Vince's boys. Uh, it's drawn by Artyom Trakhanov, and it looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, and colors by Jason Wordy, who I'm not familiar with, but uh, but he he, the two of them, it, it looks like it could it, it, visually, it's very much in the Guy Davis school, which is a great thing. Um, I mean, Trakhanov is his own his own guy, so I don't want to diminish him by saying it's like Guy Davis, but it reminded me very much of of an excellently crafted guy davis bprd or hellboy type of of story um visually visually um 
It's a post-apocalyptic story, issue one of five, written by Simon Roy and Daniel Benson. Uh, I think we're all familiar with, with Simon Roy. I, I don't know Daniel Benson, so I don't know if this is his first foray into comics, or I just don't I'm not familiar with his work. But uh, this is basically a story about a tribe. Uh, we're introduced to uh, a heroine as she kind of goes about her lands, and we get introduced to her supporting cast, the the city state she lives in. We kind of it's basically setting setting up the rules of engagement. I think this issue is more of a almost like a dungeon master's guide. Like, okay, here's here's the world that she's living in. Here are the here are the dangers. Here's the narrative. Here's their struggle. Um, and it, it's a tribal, it's, it's a tribal, uh, like it, it's, it's, um, post-apocalyptic. Everybody's kind of paired up in, in different warring factions. Um, and the main conceit is that it's like, everything is named after like, it's cl- like, for example, the, they're the, the, the group that they're from are called the, uh, the Hudsoni. It's cause they live like on the Hudson river where the Hudson river used to be, you know? Okay. And like, there's, there's the, there, like they, it's just some plays on words on, on things that would have been familiar to us in our times. So, like they give us a map at the end in the 33rd century. There's the boreal forest. There's a temperate forest. There's the, the place called the Labrador Peninsula. There's the Hudson Bay where the Hudsonians are. There's the Great Lakes. So it's, it's a, it's a northern U.S. Canadian based tribal story. Um, but I got to be honest with you, I thought it was in you. I think the testament to this is I couldn't remember it a week later. It was a very slight first issue. I, I think for whereas Vince led by saying Plunge was the perfect first issue, this was not. It it it, it didn't hook me. It, it it a lot of it felt very familiar. I've I've read lots of post apocalyptic stories. I've read lots of stories about tribal survival. None of it is all particularly new. So if you're going to hook me, I need a, a reason to come back. I need. I need a I need a, an understanding of what the arc is, what the quest is, what the what the reason for why I should care about this particular person in this particular setting, uh, and I don't think Roy and Benson gave that to me. It, I think they could have used forty eight pages here. I really do, because I don't necessarily have a problem with the execution of them introducing us to the world, but it that's pretty much where the book ends, and I'm just left thinking. Okay, so either I care about this setting or I don't. I'm not sure, and and I I don't know if. I mean, I was going to say I don't know if I'll be back. I will be back because I pre-ordered the second and third issue. But um, but yeah, so it, it's it's pretty slight to me, and I know it's a book we're all very much looking forward to. So, mm. well, I talked about it at the end of six fifty one. You did. Hmm. I don't it, remember. It came out that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. First issue, I talked about it, uh, and now I thought it was great. But I, I echo some of your sentiment where I thought that it's a pretty standard setup. Um, teen finds uh, a technological marvel from a previous uh, civilization, and or you know, and and it becomes her guardian. Like we've seen that a lot. Um, but the thing that got me was the back matter, uh, with all the different, uh, cultural and, and, and social things that they've fleshed out for this world. And it, it does. You know what? I, now I remember you saying all this, but mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you. I, after like reading this comic last week, it never once dawned on me that this comic that I was reading was what you were describing the, the episode before. Ah, 
Well, I mean, but we, that's again. We I read a lot of stuff to the point of I, I just doesn't for some reason this didn't hook into my my subconscious. Well, Trakanoff was the hand right. that opened the door for me, mm-hmm. but no, I thought it was it was good. Uh, I can't say it was a great first issue. Like like you said, it's it's certainly not plunge. Uh, but I've I've pre-ordered a, it until whatever issue is current in the previews, and I'm I'm very interested to see where to what lengths they're going to explore this world. And um, but the 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 fact that Trakanoff is behind the visuals is the reason I'm here. You know, it could be a very slight mm-hmm. storyline, and I would still stick around because I love his art. So, and I have oh, fi- this, I, yeah, okay, yeah. This was your at the end of the uh, book of the month, right? And it's it's telling that I didn't pull any pages from it to put into the gallery. <laughs> um, yeah. Not because the art's bad; it's just that I don't like to do that on books of the month. Usually, I like to just right. focus on the book of yes, the month. Yes, but um, no, it it it, it was. Really good. Just you know, it it it's not revolutionary. It's not it's not a major leap forward in in sci-fi. I, it it was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess, and, and it just depends on. Like, there's just so much comic now. I just I'm in this mode right now where good enough isn't good enough. You know, you're right. And I'm not saying you're wrong for thinking otherwise, because there's. I mean, like. I'm reading all the X books and I'm not going to profess that anyone should be reading all of them unless you're a nut. So for like, those are good enough for me because they're good enough, but yeah, but generally speaking between all the stuff we can read and watch and listen to, I just, I, you know, I, this is my personality. I mean, I've talked about this many times. I, I will routinely just stop watching a TV show mid season, five years in, just stop and never go back. It just, sometimes my brain just says you, I've unlocked the code. I've seen it for what it is. There's nothing more that's going to excite me, and uh, it's time to move on. And I will not care less about not knowing how it ends or what happens from there. It's just just the way it works. Sometimes I'm all in. Sometimes I'm just, okay, I'm good. And, uh, yeah, if I didn't have 10,000 comics unread in my house, (laughs) I guess I would have a different perspective. But I just, I literally feel like at any moment there's just a stack of things I'm dying to read that I should just pick up and read. And so I just have got, I've just built this zero tolerance for anything that isn't, Fantastic! I just am like, all right, I'm out. I'm developing that. Yeah, um, I was reluctant to leave something in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that. Well, what if I'm going to miss something? What if it suddenly gets sure. better? And and I'm so I've invested X amount of of hours and personal energy into this thing. I might as well see mm-hmm. where it's going. But you're right. There's a lot of things out there to consume now. There's a ton of YouTube videos I haven't seen, right? So I got to get on the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm I'm very wary of enduring stuff that isn't that doesn't cross a certain quality threshold with me. Like you said, hey, the dark, check it out. And I gave it a shot, and I'm like, mm, nope, not doing it. Dark. The the, the Netflix thing. Oh. But you said you only watched the first episode. Yeah, well, I went back after he was raving about it, and I rewatched the first that episode. Oh, okay. Uh, I rewatched the first episode. I was going to say, I don't think I've watched The Dark. I don't know what that is. All right. It's a German show. It's 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 dubbed in American, or you can watch the subtitles, but it's it's on Netflix. Um, 
when you get to the end of the second or third episode, that's when um, it's that's when it kind of clicks and, and hooks you in. And I've I've heard and and when the minion was telling me about it, I think he watched it all. But the way he was explaining, I guess his he wants me to really get to the end of it because I think he wants to discuss the last episode because it's the way he's and he's never watched lost but the way he's 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 being vague about explaining it i have a feeling he's going he's feeling about the end of dark as a lot of people excluding me feel about the end of lost but but once you cuz yes it does i it does start slow just just like you know game of thrones did it take a couple it, it no one no one watched the first episode of game of thrones is like yeah this is it and, and it does take a couple episodes with that series as well but dark is not something you're going to watch first episode of and be like i know everything about this yay or nay for me and 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 after 48 minutes you you it's a show that you kind of have to give a couple episodes to and when i got to the end i haven't had a chance to watch more, but I got to the end of that that episode and I was like, now I got to see what the hell's going on because now it just went fucking crazy. So I don't know how far you got into it, Vince, because I cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh, I watched, rewatched the first episode and watched the second. And I was like, mm, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. And, and no no slight to you. It's just... I, I, no, no, it's fine. It, it it does. It's a little bit more involved than other shows because either you're either you are going to let them speak native, and now you're reading it. So so now you're forced to kind of watch the screen, right. and you're not doing other things, or you're going and 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 honestly, I've 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 done both. I've I've watched a few minutes of an episode, and then I've switched it to German to hear them and read it, and then I go back to hear them dub, and the dub is horrible whoever they got to do the voices it's like nobody nobody sounds strong nobody sounds like they don't even have like the same tone that that they do in their native tongue that they do in the american version it's like i don't now i have a real hard problem i i have have trouble believing you're supposed to be this 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 authoritative figure who who commands respect because not with that voice you don't but i have a very short list of creators that I'll allow to meander. Mm-hmm. David Lynch, top of the list. He can do whatever he wants. He could sure. have 12 episodes in the middle of whatever he's working on of just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to explain it. David Lynch has the has won me over so many times in the past. I think he's incredibly gifted and just wonderful at the language he speaks, so I let him do whatever he wants. But... An untested German, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, I, 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 no, I, no, I can't. No, life, st- listen, there's, there's, there's a limited amount of time you want to consume the entertainment that, that, that's going to mean something to you that, that you're going to get something out of, that you're going to enjoy. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Right. There, so. And one of the, the, things that I hear from people that is, is like Salt Peter is like, oh, you got to keep watching. It gets better. No, I don't have I don't have time for gets better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, that's um, and it's just it's such it's so subjective. Right. Because I I agree with you. I mean, I I think um, what's that show? Oh, damn. Um, The one with uh, Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek. You guys used to watch the Oh, Fringe. Fringe. I tr- I have tried to watch Fringe four oh, times. Oh, that hurts my heart. Okay. No, I know, I know, well, but, I know, it, but I know. for yeah. some reason, 
I've watched the first two or three episodes four different times, and it just doesn't hook me. And then people always say, oh, just just give it a little more time. And I'm like, I I, I gave it three episodes. Like, for right. me, it's just not roping me in. And I'm not saying it's not a good show. Everybody, Pretty much everybody else I know that has similar tastes as me, y'all included, really like the show. It's just for some reason it didn't hook me. Um, it is what it is, you know? It's just sometimes things just don't click with you. Yeah, but – I'm not going to defend Fringe, but you <laughs> you can see glimmers of the big picture in the early episode, just like you could with the X Files, right? X Files, yeah. there's a there's a chunk of X Files in that, however many seasons they ran, that are really just treading water. You know, they're not really great episodes. They're just there to, you know, we'll put that out the season put a, yeah put a wedge episodes. between the 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 overall narrative episodes and the monster of the week episodes and just pat it out where with fringe you could see little things little events that are like hmm that was really strange like where's that going and they 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 put those in the in the early episodes that was enough for me to keep watching whereas in in dark, I didn't really see too much of that to 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 propel me to to want to know what's going on here. And it's not and it it's probably idiot, but it's probably my fault. Whereas I was distracted by something more compelling to me, which I guess you could construe is a fault of the creative team. So they should have shorn up their their narrative to the point where it is compelling. Every yes, I it, can't it, take my eyes off it. Right. Well. I think if if you're trying to uh, enrapture a viewer, every episode should be significant, right? Absolutely. Right? I I, I don't understand the whole, uh, like with X-Files, how they did those goofy episodes that they just threw in mid-season because they had to have 19 or whatever episodes. And if they did follow the breadcrumbs from that overall Mulder and her sis- his sister narrative, they would have expired their story quickly. So I get it. You want to stay on TV. That makes sense to me. But you, I think you could have done it in a way that was at least interesting. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I yeah, have a major yeah. beef with some of those episodes. They're just, they're boring well, as hell. It's, it's, it, uh, and, and I could say the same. I, I have, but... And it was a show at the time because my father and I would watch it and talk about it. And but Smallville was the same way. There, there were some some episodes that were fantastic, especially if 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 you were DC geek and and vibing on everything. But there were episodes where it was just like, and same thing with Buffy. But I mean, there were episodes where it was just. I know that there's a bigger story you're telling, and they did they did the same thing with the CW with the Arrowverse shows. Flash may have some fantastic episodes throughout the season, and you know there's going to be a big bat at the end. But there are a couple episodes in the middle where it's just like, okay, well, this is this is a Cisco episode. I can kind of maybe. I mean, that's just formulaic TV, right? Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's in every every series. I mean, but it's, it's. I gotta say, and I think Jason will agree with me on this. David, you're extremely lenient when it comes to superhero theme shows. You're very like you well, leaning in the sense that he'll continue to watch them even. Yes, like, not loving them. Yet. Yeah, yeah, like that crisis thing that I saw. I was like, what the what? I it's cheesy, it's, can't be as hell. But I, yeah, I, I ate it up with a huge fucking ladle. Right. I, the, the things that they showed on it were just the fact that they they were able to pull actors and 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 other 
fringe never heard of before on on any of their shows and and just it, it was totally just there because hey someone may have seen this on page 18 of some issue of all-star squadron 30 years ago that's i'm like that i don't care who else might i mean it, it's great if someone else did get it but if you didn't i did and i was like i written for me Love it. I I know I, I know if someone's gonna sit down and watch it, they're gonna be like, I I can't. This is just I it, it's hurting every sense that I have in my body. I, I don't know how you can subject yourself to this, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I absolutely but what I did with that, I didn't I haven't seen all of the flash from last season. I I, I jumped ahead and just completely everything I, I'm not current on, I, I stopped and I watched those episodes of 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 the crisis crossover so it was just like just like if i was reading a series and then this stopped because it, an event started i'll just i'll catch up on the old stuff later but i i'm gonna read this event now because that's new and current and i don't want to be spoiled that's what i did with the crisis show but i i i get it you guys did not visually or even the way things were written did did, did not care for but it. i love you for it yeah it just i mean like with all the stuff, it gets sent to subjectivity. I mean, I, I, I enjoy. I've been enjoying the last few months watching the Blacklist, which I'd never watched. Before. I'd never seen an episode. It is the most. It is classic CBS television. It's surface level, predictable, formulaic, but it's also a great for me commute show that I can just turn my brain off and enjoy it. But it's exactly like this. It's 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 a network show, so there's 20-plus episodes a season. And there's a big bad each season and a narrative that goes intertwined throughout the whole season. But then every couple episodes, it's just a villain of the week. And it's just – but that's the kind of show it is, and it works. And, you know, I, and, and I, I enjoy that. But but there are a lot of shows that are similar that I just have no taste for. Like, I don't like the CSIs. I don't like the the – the uh, NCIS is like none of that. Like I'm always like, ah, you know, yeah. like, no, not so on, the, it, 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 on that just, topic. They, right. It, but it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, I'm not, and again, I'm not suggesting to people that, that the one is worth watching and you suck to watch the others. I'm just saying like, for me, you know, things, there's things you like, there's things you don't, I don't know. There's no, I don't know that there's like science to it. Right. Right. It's just, yeah, grabs you or it doesn't. The, my wife was all excited last night because I guess the last episode of Criminal Minds aired. Mm-hmm. And it okay. was it was freaking horrible. It, it, I, I sat through it because it was on. It was pathetic. One you of said the Criminal Minds? Yeah. One of the the characters, the guy, the real smart guy with the goofy hair, um, uh-huh. had a brain. Same, yeah, had a brain thing. And he, he was reliving or living with these characters that had been on the show at one time and weren't anymore. Like C. Thomas Howell was on it. I guess he was a big bad on the show. I don't know. Um, yes. Yes, he was. He yeah. Was. He was, and uh, and it, it was this thing where it all took place in his bleeding brain and they're trying, they're, they discover him and uh, what's her name from Glee? Uh, Jan or Jane, um, Jane, what's her face? The, Jane the, Lynch. Jane Lynch was his mother yeah, on she's the on show. It too. Yeah, yes, and yes, it's yes. I'm watching this. They spend an, uh, an an inordinate amount of time at the end. They have a party because the 
spoilers if you watch the show don't listen to me the the techie girl the cute one with the 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 chubby yeah chubby blonde yeah she she decides to leave so they all have a party at the end and they spend at least three minutes of them all singing david bowie's heroes at this party I don't and, remember that party scene. And it was mind-numbing. I was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? And she's she, even my wife, who loves that show, she's like, yeah, that was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I don't know. I've seen, I've, I've seen a bunch of episodes. I Because I, it would be on late at night on, on one of the syndicated channels. So I, it, there, were, there was a time where I, so I, I watched it from – the beginning when when mandy patankin was on it and then behind the scenes i guess he and thomas gibson had a falling out and and so he left and then he had to do homeland anyway and then and then um joe montanay came on and so he was it's you know and 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 the techie of course has the crush on shamar Moore, and i wouldn't but you know it it was the the, i I enjoyed the characters and and yeah and there were you know the 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 unsub and and trying to because you always kind of knew who did it, but then the whole story was them trying to catch the person and, and stop them from striking again. And uh, it's amazing there's so many people still left in the world with all these serial killers on these shows. But right, right. There's, there's uh, yeah, it's there are, but yeah, if if whether it's being written by committee or people run out of ideas or or it's like just written, like in the case of uh, this didn't happen. The Breaking Bad that I, I can tell, but you know, so Vince Gilligan and 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 however many other writers there are, but if you have a singular vision and you have a short season, that's that's better than having someone burn out halfway into Definitely. the second season yeah, or absolutely. five season series. So I mean, I just it just it it's like I absolutely love the original UK Office, the, those two seasons and the Christmas special. Some of my favorite television of all time, and 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 every once in a while we'll put it on, laugh. It's a great time. The U.S. version, of course, because it's on NBC and because of ratings. It, it just like Friends or Seinfeld, they don't know when to quit. It, it's like I get it. It's it it's entertaining. People are watching it. Obviously, people are going to keep tuning in. But you can see that the quality is just not there. The longer it goes on, and it 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 it, it hurts me to see something that's so good and so quality lose it towards the end because it just didn't know when to quit. Right. See, it's interesting. Like my, my kids have, have watched, I mean, I think Jackson has literally watched the office four times, like the entire thing. Same thing with my wife. Yeah. So, so, but for me, I mean, I just, I stopped watching it when, when, uh, when homeboy left, when Steve Carroll left, Steve Carroll left. Yeah. So for my vantage, the show was great. Cause I didn't watch the post. I didn't like, I didn't stick around. I, I Modern Family is another one. My wife and I, we don't watch many shows together. That was one of the few, if only, sitcoms I watched. And I found it very funny. And then one day I just got bored of it and I stopped watching it. And she just told me, like, the season's, like, it's about to wrap up, right? Like, Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and like, I, it's not like I dislike it. I Every episode I ever saw I thought was funny, but I just got bored of it. And I, it's fine. Like, I'm glad it, I'm hopefully people that are still watching it are being entertained by it. But for me, I got the joke. Like it's cool. I, right. Again, no, there's just so much of stuff out there. You know, that's the thing. It's just, yeah, it's true. You know what else is out there? Comics. Comics. Yeah, comics. Something. <laughs> we'll do. Speaking of number ones. Speaking of number ones. Okay. Uh, 
Wolverine number one. Oh, yes. Yes. I know many Honest. folks picked this up. Vince was very excited for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but I did see a tweet by the writer that said it was... Ben Percy? Yeah, it was literally a dream come true for him to write that issue. Yes. 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 So go ahead. Tell so me about it. So many covers. All the covers. I almost um, I almost picked up the die cut cover just for the hell of it. Oh. Yeah, it did look cool, I have to say. I did see uh, some picture. I think I saw it on either a Facebook group or Twitter. Um, yeah, so so a couple things. I pay very little attention these days to what a single issue costs. Because um, <laughs> it's like they've broken me of that. It's like it is what it is. You either want it or you don't want it. Um, but this one was hard not to notice. It was seven ninety nine. But I will say, as far as seven ninety nine ripoff issues go, um, it was sixty seven pages of story. It was two complete issues, basically, and two completely distinct issues, both written by Ben Percy, but one drawn by um, by uh, Adam Kubert, one drawn by um, Victor Bogdanovich. Andy, God, I did what everybody does. Andy Kubert, sorry, Andy Kubert. <laughs> everybody always confuses those two guys. It's a shame. Uh, drawn by Andy Kubert, and uh, the other the other arc was drawn by uh, by Vic, Victor Bogdanovich. Um, yeah. So so a couple things. One, I am an unapologetic Wolverine Mark. I'm that guy that bought every issue of Marvel Comics Presents. I'm that guy that bought every issue of Dokken. I'm that guy that bought every issue of X23. Like if if it's Wolverine or some kind of derivation of Wolverine, I'm buying it. And you may not hear me talk about it, but I've read it. It's like you know, for Vince, it's like Vince's gold digger or whatever. Like it's just buy it and you read it and you like it, even if it's bad. Sometimes it's just it is what it is. Um, so I, I'm a mark for this. I mean, this is not this did not have a very high bar for me to to leap over to enjoy this. Um, but but the more interesting question is, is it is it the kind of relaunch that I want to shake my fist and tell you all to go ahead and and uh, try? And I can't say that it is. No disrespect to the team involved, because especially, like you said, Vince, for Ben Percy, this was a big deal that he got to write this. Um, I thought it was fine, but I thought it was fine. Like, you know, I mean, it, it's it, it's the first, believe it or not, Wolverine proper solo series in six years. Because he was dead, thanks to Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had an Old Man Logan book for a lot of that, which was very good, by the way. A lot of that series was very good. Lemire wrote, uh, wrote a chunk of it. Um, but yeah, this is the first time we've had Logan Logan um, in a standalone book. And um, my issue with it is that it just treads on familiar ground, man. Like I'm gonna spoil a little bit of it to point make because I'm gonna assume this isn't a book neither either of you are clamoring to to read or stay current on. Um, soon, yeah. The book starts with Wolverine coming to, and he looks around and he's killed all the other X Men. <laughs> and it's like I feel like I have read that story twenty times, right? Where something causes him to go berserker and he hurts people that he loves, right? I mean that that is like a classic. Wolverine story. And that's happened here. The only difference this time is because of Krakoa, they can be brought back to life. Right? So it's like, okay, cool. Like no harm, no foul, I guess. But like, it's still Wolverine. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, so, and it starts off that way. And then, um, the other thing I'll say about it is it, 
Ben Percy's also writing X Force, and Wolverine is the leader of X Force. This is like intricately tied to both one issue of X Men and to the X Force ongoing, without editor's notes or saying, "Hey, see." For example, um, the main premise here is that Kitty, who actually is tied into Marauders too, <laughs> Wolverine, Wolverine's doing his thing, right? He's hanging out in Krakoa. Playing with the little kid mutants, which is cool. Like I like all that. Like that's that's vintage. I'm full. I'm fine with that. Um, Kitty, who is the captain of the Marauders vessel, docks at Krakoa and wants to see him. So he goes to see her. They have drinks together and a uh, little, little chit chat, which I liked. And then he's like, well, "You didn't call me here just for chit chat. Like, what's the deal?" And she said, "Well, somebody is stealing shipments from us. Like stealing some of these Krakoan flowers that we're using into making drugs. And I got to figure out who's doing it and why." So I need your help, and he said, consider it done. So he goes in this quest to do a little detective work and figure it out, and he goes about figuring it out. It's fine. Um, but the people that are that it implies are the ones guilty of it are the old lady botanists from the X-Men issue. But the thing is, it doesn't say, like, oh, remember X-Men? I don't remember if it was 4 or 5. X-Men 4 or X-Men 5 when this happened? Like, it's just... It, so if you didn't read the X-Men, you you don't have no idea why this is significant or what. what like, he walks in and he says, oh, it smells like flowers and, uh, like, brill cream or something. I forget the, the words he used, but, like, so, like, old lady cream. And I'm like, oh, I get it. But if you didn't read that X-Men issue, you don't know what he's talking about. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's totally out of context. Um, And then so he gets X-Force together to go on this mission with him. And look, there's a dope double-plate splash with my girl Domino on it. So that's cool. <laughs> but like, again, if you're not reading X-Force, it's not clear like why this group of mutants is with him. Like why this particular group of mutants is together and what their job is. That they're like the CIA of the group. So it was uneven. There were parts I liked. There were parts I thought felt predictable. Um... Visually, I never thought I would say this, but Victor Bogdanovich's pages far more consistently good than Kubert's. When Kubert is on, he's as good as drawing Wolverine as has ever existed. But I personally think that this issue was extremely uneven from panel to panel. There were panels I felt like it almost looked like he pasted stuff together. And then there were panels that were dropped at gorgeous, but the consistency wasn't there. Whereas with Bogdanovich, his, his part of it was pretty cool. The Bogdanovich story too was cooler. Um, it was basically the idea that Wolverine's blood is scientifically analogous to vampire blood. It's another strain of the same kind of like super blood. Only his is even more powerful because it, it, it doesn't, uh, like it's it, it in many ways they're the same, but but where they differ is right with vampire blood. It's like a it's like a parasite, and it infests its new hosts. Whereas with Wolverine, his blood is purely beholden to him. So while his blood can do things like heal, it doesn't it dissipates outside of his system. If it doesn't can't he can't give his blood to someone else, and mm. they can't turn it into a healer type of thing. But they set that tone with a little Hickman esque data panel, which I liked, and then. The premise is Omega Red shows up at Krakoa, 
and Wolverine's about to gut him, kill him, whatever. And uh, Mag- Magneto's like, nah, dude, you can't. It's Krakoa is a nation. We we give we give asylum to everybody, good, bad, or different. And Wolverine's like, dude, there's got to be a limit. Like, <laughs> I, I like respect, but you can't like not Omega Red. Like Omega Red is the vilest of the vile. He takes pleasure in murdering innocent people and babies. Like he he's the evilest of evil. And Magneto's like, dude, I I mean, I hear what you're saying, but people have said the same thing about you and I. You know, I mean. Like it's that's we have rules here, and if he doesn't abide by the rules, then we have ways of punishing him. So Neil say Wolverine's like this is fucking bullshit, but whatever. Um, but it turns out that Omega Red is is working for someone else, and uh, this is where it gets pretty cool. He's working for Dracula, hmm. the King of Vampires has has uh, has has basically through blackmail gotten Omega Red to go to Krakoa as his inside man. And uh, so it's leading up to some kind of vampires, Dracula and the vampires versus Wolverine and the mutants, which I'm down for. I think that could be fun. I was, I mean, I very much, and, and the other cool thing is they're, they're making Dracula look a bit more like the Gene Colon Dracula after years of looking like the ponytailed, you know, like super strong Dracula they've had in, in the books the last 10 years or so. So there were cool moments, but it, in many ways, it felt like yet another Wolverine story. It didn't feel particularly like a new take or unique take. And so with that in mind, it just kind of gets back to if you love the character, then, yeah, you got a, a new solo series to enjoy. But, but it's, if you're not absolutely a fanatic of the character, I, it's a totally forgettable book. You don't need to read it. So I'll keep reading it, but I don't think you need to bother. <laughs> Well, you could tell us about it at regular intervals. But I won't even, because it's... I mean, how often have I... In the 12 years of the show, how often did I speak about Wolverine? I mean, I read hundreds of issues over the span, but it's just usually it's not worth telling you about. The Dracula angle, I think that's kind of fun. Could be. I mean, yeah. it, we'll see. We'll see, you know? And you're okay with him having an offshoot of vampiric blood? It's not that. It's, he doesn't have vampiric blood. They're, they're just do, they were doing a Hickman thing saying that, like... It's in the wheelhouse so, of vampires. Scientifically, vampire. the, both of them have very unique bloods. Okay. So, so that, like, right. the, like, their bloods are more similar to one another than, like, either of their bloods are to human blood. In other right. Words. So he's not, yeah. it's not like the canine thing. Hmm. That didn't happen. Maybe, maybe not. They, they, they are, they, part of this is for some reason the vampires want Wolverine's blood. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are killing me. I, I we gotta talk about this other thing. What other thing? We gotta. What you got? What you got? It's a new series that plays out like a what if. Oh, I didn't read it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You read the oh, first I thought you were talking about No, it plays out like oh. a what if because it's it's situated firmly in the Marvel universe. It's written by a guy that is is uh, quickly uh, building his own little corner of the Marvel Universe, Donnie Cates, illustrated by Nick Klein, yeah, and uh, color art by Matthew Wilson. We all read Thor number one to three. Well, you and I read one to three. No, I read it. I just forgot. I didn't update it. Oh, jeez. See, see, I knew that. Uh, and the setup is is really cool. It, like I said, it it is um, a what if 
that has come to current continuity because do you ever think like what would happen if thor became the herald of galactus like that's neat i think it's really cool um the setup is i didn't read war of the realms so i don't know how that ended but uh one of the byproducts of it i think is that thor now sits upon the throne of asgard Mm -hmm. and uh our boy seems to be feeling the weight of his new position <laughs> like literally because did there yeah because heavy is the head that wears the crown and um he, true um he's he's pissing in every corner he sets up his own little throne he's not using dad's throne anymore um he <laughs> actually gets uh Yggdrasil to make him a, a a new throne at the base of the tree you know so he's earthy it's made out of stone and wood so he's he's uh, i guess he wants to 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 impart a feeling of uh you know i'm the man of the people such as you know as as guardians are but um and he has to address those people and thor yeah on the battlefield he's a talker but when he has to enter into the mundane with with his subjects he's not looking forward to it right so he he all right i'll do it he he goes out and he's just about to address the assembled as guardians and galactus crashes the party uh literally galactus falls to earth and smushes a bunch <laughs> of a bunch of asgardians and and thor's like the fuck and he 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 mm-hmm. um addresses galactus and they're about to to really go down with it and galactus is like look i wouldn't come here if i didn't have a reason and the reason is is very big and very dire there's this thing uh, called the Black Plague or the Black Winter, sorry, and the Star Plague, and it's coming. It is coming. I've seen it. I've barely escaped it with my life, and I had a premonition or a revelation that you would be the the only one to help me. And Thor doesn't know what's going on, so what he does is uh, he has counsel with those who do know what's going on and those are the the prior uh heralds of galactus frankie ray is there stardust is there cosmic ghost rider of course because this is a donny cates book right and um among others our our buddy noran rad silver surfer who is now black from the the events of that miniseries and surfer says all right here's the deal galactus eats worlds right this uh, Black Winter eats realities. It is big, bad, and it's going to be tough to turn away. But there is a way. It's a Hail Mary, but it might be done. See, I didn't tell the big guy, but there are five planets that exist. And should Galactus consume these planets, he will be infused with unimaginable power. And it may be enough to turn this thing away. And Thor's like, well, okay, well, you know, we got to do what we got to do, but I'm coming along for the ride because I know how the big dude works. He's just going to eat the planets, and if there's any kind of sentient life on these planets, they're going to be collateral damage, and we can't have that. So, long story short, Galactus ends up making Thor... He is now infused with not only his natural-born god powers and the powers of his dad, what with being the king, but now he has the cosmic, the power cosmic. 
So Thor is now the Herald of Thunder. And he will accompany Galactus on this quest to find these five planets that he has no idea where they are. Um, and Thor is going to make sure that it's all on the up and up. And that's what happens in the second issue. Thor, or both Galactus and Thor get to this planet called, um, was it, Eclipse. Yeah. And, and uh, Galactus touches down. He's like, I'm on eat. Puts the bib on and he's, and he's ready to, to dig in. And Thor's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, there's, there's beings here. You can't just, you know, you don't. And he actually throws Mjolnir at Galactus and breaks off part of his hand. And <laughs> like Galactus is fucked up. He's, he comes to the party missing part of his arm, his, one of his, uh, head things is all busted up and he's old looking. Um, like Galactus is in really bad shape. So Thor's like, no. And he, uh, I didn't know that Thor could communicate through the Ravens. Is that a new thing? Like the Ravens yes, are his. Because, because when, because uh, Volstagg's like, wait, what, 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 what are, what, what's Togan and Muggen doing? It's like, how is this? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they're more than just. Ravens, yeah, they're, they're so. his eyes and his mouth. So. Yeah. He he beckons Lady Sif to yo, send down the Bifrost and let's get these guys out of here. And so they evacuate all of the the sentient beings from this planet to Asgard, who now has you know a a contingent of these hairy uh, Sasquatch looking people uh, on their planet. And Galactus does what he does, and he and he's looking a little better. You know, he's he, he's infused with power, but Beta Ray Bill arrives at the end of issue two and starts, you know, throwing an assault at, at Galactus. And he's like, I want to have words with your boss, Thor, because this is just not right. And basically, the, have at thee. The third issue is 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 just Thor and, and Beta Ray Bill. It's it's that typical Marvel issue when two heroes fight. You know, there's a misunderstanding somewhere, and and two heroes go at it, and it's not resolved because at the end of the third issue, Lady Sif steps between Thor and Beta Ray Bill, and we don't know how that plays out. But wow, I mean, it's wow. This thing was came out of the blue. I I didn't read all of well, I didn't read any of War of the Realms, but. I thought the Jason Aaron Thor, while wonderful, maybe overstayed its welcome a little. Like I think that story long storyline just went on for way too long. I mean, Aaron was working on it for what? The better part of eight years or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight years. So I mean it was great, but if if you weren't in tune with what he was doing, you had eight years to ride out, you know? Which I I liked it. But I thought this was really neat because it was you could jump right in, not having to know mm, too much backstory, right? Um, Kate's has been playing around with the cosmic characters, Galactus and Silver Surfer and, and uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider for a while, Thanos. And he's been building this little mythology. And this this is, is, is uh, the layer on top of what he's already done. So I thought it was great. And... Like I said, it it just played to that childhood sensibility of like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if Thor was like a herald of Galactus? That'd be so cool. Like that's basically all you need to know. It's that that little 
childlike, wow, that'd be amazing. And that's what he builds this whole story on. That's uh, kind of what um, the, I, not exactly, but you you going on about, you know, this being a what if realized is, is similar to um, Donnie's note at the end of the first issue where, you know, he... He, he talks about um, how magical it is to to sit and and read comics and be just love that whole world you're being immersed in and but then you work in the industry. It's like people who ask Jason, "Why don't you become a, a, an art dealer or or you know why don't we open up a comic shop?" It's like because that's that's not fun. That's work now, and, it, and the love is gone. But so, so Donnie's talking about, you know, I, I, the, there's magic in reading comic books, and he's like, but then when you work at comic books and you see how the sausage is made, and and you're not now you're not reading the next issue, you get the end of the issue, and then you're trying to guess or imagine where the story is going to go. You know where the story is going to go. So 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 you lose something, but there's still magic in making that story. But like you're saying, Vince, that the way Donnie's approaching this. Thor series, it's you know when it comes to a character like Thor for Donnie, that that that's that's a whole whole different ballgame compared to everything else he's written for the company. But uh, I, I I really like your your take on it with with the what if aspect. And and not only did that win me over, but there's a sequence in the second issue where they're trying to set up just how bad this black winter is that this is a nasty nasty thing that here's what happened to someone else and they're like there was this universe that had its share of protectors there were gods on this universe there was a sun god there was a god of emerald light there was a god of dark there was a god of the ocean of speed of strength and they weren't enough so basically donny cates just said this thing consume the entire dc universe you see the character flying past the daily planet and it's friggin' mm-hmm. superman yeah it is so he got this little this sly little nudge nudge <laughs> that the the guys down well not down the street anymore but our old competition this thing just enveloped their entire reality and it, i thought that was cool because you see batman swinging in it doesn't look exactly like batman but you see this black smear and the red and blue superman and the flash is running down the street and green lantern is coming in you don't see the characters you see the 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 after effect of the character's progression through this panel you know exactly who it is he tells you who it is and i thought that was so cool that okay this thing ate the dc universe that's the second time in a few years because Hickman messed with the DC universe and uh, leading up to Infinity. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I and you're right. But that that's th- those first couple pages of the second issue um, and the hand too, made me, made just like in Final Crisis, the hand, the hand. Remember yeah, the yeah, bit, yeah, the yeah, giant yeah, yeah. cosmic yeah, with hand, the, the whole galaxy with the universe. Yeah, yeah. You it's, know the. The thing about this is if you just listen to if you haven't read this and you just listen to you describing it, it can sound like in quotes yet another superhero comic, right? Like like you hear the words, oh, Galactus, oh, uh, Heralds, oh, Bitter at Bill, and then you hear, ah, uh, there's 
there's different there's something eating realities and it's like all those things in there you're like oh god I've, I've like i like you could just you think to yourself oh, I've, just, I've heard all this before like okay I'm, it's not for me and, and i get that but but the thing is is what this all comes down to is Donnie Cates is a really good writer. Yeah. Legit. And so I think that's the trick to enjoying superhero comics. If you've been reading them for more than a few years, there really aren't any new, new concepts No, in the big two. But that doesn't mean they can't be awesome. It just needs to be crafted by a great creative team. Right. And there's because a... Because there's going to be... I mean, like it, it's just... There's only so many musical notes, right? But yet you can put them together in a different way with a different cadence yeah. and a different sequence. And it can be the greatest thing you've ever – your ears have ever been exposed to. Or it can be something that you just want to turn off immediately. And so I do think, to your point, I was I, – I would not have been at all surprised if I just punted this. Because I guess unlike you, I I, I could have had Aaron do another five years on Thor. I, I, I think it it may go down – with the passage of time as, as the best Thor run ever. Um, I'm going to still defer to, to, to Simonson for now because that was when we were younger and it was nostalgic and it'll always be special to me. But I, I think Aaron's run on Thor was as impeccable a run on any superhero comic in, in the last, in the modern era. So I, I, I was not, I, I was sad to see it go. Um, but, but that said, I was like, okay, well, this is one of those unenviable jobs. Like you don't want to be the guy that has to follow Jason Aaron on Thor. That, that sucks. It's, uh, it's like following, like you didn't want, you don't want to be Anacenti. I know y'all love Anacenti, but you don't want to be Anacenti. Um, <laughs> but you're right, Vince. I mean, I, I think at least through three issues, Donnie is doing a great job because he is, he is taking his own spin on it and he's not apologizing for it. And it's not erasing what Aaron did, but it's also not genuflecting over it, right? It's not like trying to, like he's not trying to suck Aaron's crank, you know? Like he's telling his own story where really it's just the starting gate is whatever Aaron left him with. But from here, it's going to be his own thing. And I respect that. And I think he's doing a great job with it. Yeah. And And Nick Klein's a goddamn beast. Oh, there are pages in this thing, especially that double page splash of Thor, uh, Vintage Thor just beating the hell out of all those creatures. It's a it's a uh, issue three, right? Yeah, it's amazing. But there's a glee. I perceive a giddiness, a glee behind the words in this thing, where you could just tell that Kate's is is living the life. He's like, yeah, I agree. I I think you're exactly right. Kate seems to enjoy, or well, I was I don't know what's in the guy's head, but you're exactly right. He his writing gives you the illusion or not, I don't know if it's an illusion, that he is just having a ball doing what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. The um unlike Aaron, who told his Thor story over course of time and and tied everybody into it towards the end, Donnie is and, and we've seen others do this, but um at at, at both companies, but but Donnie seems to be Telling his Marvel story, and, and he's he, he's not he's not looking to take over a book for a long period of time, uh, not including Venom in this. But he's he he was he spent twelve issues on Guardians of the Galaxy. He's going to be on this for a little while, picking up after after Aaron, and he's but but obviously Thor 
picks up after Silver Surfer Black, which spun out of his Guardians of the Galaxy, which, of course, both then Silver Surfer Black played a little bit with what he was doing in Venom. So so that's that's where he's spending a lot of his time. But he's he's playing in other parts of the Marvel, telling a, a, a larger story that's it's kind of like whether it's it's Morrison or Johns or uh, that that I'm going to spend a little bit of time over here tell this story spend a little bit of time over there when that's done tell that and and we'll, we're going to see something tie into all of it but but he's not he's not taking you along for a long ride like like Aaron did with, with one particular character and and I the fact that he can bounce around and now I'm going to play with this and then I'm going to go over here and 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 do something and and but it but they're all they're all different. Yeah, Thor's taking place in space right now, and of course the Guardians were in space. But but uh, Venom is more or less um, street levelish. But they're, they're, everything's kind of have everything has a unique or, or distinct feel to it. But but he he's just having fun playing in the Marvel. So I, not like Hickman, where I'm just going to take this corner and this is what I'm this is where I'm going to live. And if you want to play with anything. Like in this box, you come see me. Donnie's like, here's the whole sandbox. I'm going to just have a blast with. I'm going to say whatever they're going to give me, and I'm going to have my way with that. And and but he's just, he's having fun. He's telling fantastic stories, and you can just pick up any of them from the beginning and 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 just go along for the ride. And it's it's a great ride. Yeah. And that sequence where Galactus is bearing down on the planet and all of his world eating apparatus comes out and it, 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 they're all flanking him and it's a, it's an ant perspective up. And I swear to God, it looks like one of Optimus Prime super modes. Like it looks like Optimus and Armada when he combined with Jetfire and Overload. You know, you put all the pieces on on Optimus and he's massive and he's got the wings and it's like that's what Galactus looks like when he's going down on the planet. It's just it's like it's there's a kid like enthusiasm to this these three issues that I was oh you won me over you got me <laughs> yeah. That's great. So good. No, it's it, it and you know, and I'm not. It's what Aaron did with Thor, with Odinson, with 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 what he put that character through, and and we're pretty much when we see Thor in in, in Donnie's series, that that's kind of where Aaron left him with with one arm, one eye, and and just king of it all. But um, then Galactus shows up and. You know, we'll see if when all is is said and done, if if Thor is going to be um, in in air quotes reset and and nice and pretty and clean for for whatever Donnie's doing with the character after the Galactus arc or, or whoever's going to take over and write a Thor book after this. But um, it's if if I if you were to ask me. How how is Marvel going to continue to tell Thor stories after Jason's run at that that's left them so so scarred and, and damaged, if you want to say. You know, I, I it would have taken me a while before I would have said, Well, 
Galactus will just come and 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 rejuvenate him and and kind of put him back in in, in the way we're we're used to seeing him. But it's it's it, it's just looks like it's going to be such a fun ride. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have Loki doing what Loki does. Thor goes to pick up the hammer and he gives a little <laughs> he gives a little grunt, <clears throat> and Loki's like. I never heard you grunt before when you pick up the hammer. Is that thing getting heavy for you? And Thone's like, F you, bitch, and throws the hammer right at his face. And he stops it in midair. And, and Loki's like, w-, he's like, yeah, I picked up something from dad. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. I was gutted in the third issue before Sif comes down. And, and when Thor and Bill have their fight, I was like, son of a bitch. I don't, I, it, it's, I, Kudos to, to Donnie for just because no matter what, it doesn't matter if, if things, it's comic books, it doesn't matter if someone's going to come back from the dead or, or, or if something's going to be reset or fixed or, or returned to the status quo when the story is done. It's what happens during that story that, that, that keeps me coming back every month, regardless of what it is. But, you know, when, 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 well, Vince kind of went deep in it, but, 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 there is a there is a battle between hammers and and mm-hmm. and 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 when Stormbreaker gets destroyed, I I saw that pay. I I let out. Oh, I just I didn't. That hurt. I I I just obviously I'm I'm thinking Bill's not going to be hammerless for long. But but the fact that it happened and and and. It happened during during a fight between these brothers, and I, I, it's I was like, damn, I don't I, I don't care how things might get fixed down the line, but but that I saw this happen here in this in this issue in this battle with with everything else that was going on and all the drama, I was like, that was that that, that was a punch to deck. Yeah, I agree. Thor works best for me when he's not muddling around with the wrecking crew i know that may be blasphemy <laughs> but uh when, when it's like the starfaring um planet hopping thor i love it but when he's he's more into the the avengers stuff uh it's it doesn't really work all that well for me and there's been a lot of takes on thor like simonson's bounced around to the like thor was planet hopping and then he was back on earth as uh, sigurd and that it <laughs> i just like it better when when thor is among the stars it just works much better for me he's a god he shouldn't be yeah. tied to a planet no matter how much he loves the planet Right. And J- Jason Aaron really wanted you to know how much Thor loves Earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like the Donald Blake alter ego either. That just uh, did that. You just hate cripples. Uh, Seriously racist. <laughs> ne- never make fun of no cripples. <laughs> oh, my God. Another monkeys reference. That's yep. awesome. Two Don't monkeys references in one episode. Never, never make no, no cripples. But no cripples. All right. What else do we have? What time is it? Oh, we have to be looking at the clock. I'm just, I'm just asking because normally that's when you say it. But um, the speaking of team books, there was um, there was a three artist lineup on um, the thirteenth issue of 
Young Justice. And there was a cliffhanger, not really a cliffhanger, but there was an awesome final page. Um, as I mentioned, Connor has been sent to... Um, I, I, I don't want to screw up the um, pronunciation, but uh, is it Skataris or Skataris? Where Warlord is. Skartaris. Skartaris, yeah. Thank you. Um, Not the authority so, on pronunciation, but just whatever. <laughs> just Magneto. Um, so, so the issue starts off with, with um, Michael Avon Oming on art. He's he's doing the pages where uh, where Superboy and, and Warlord are hanging out. Um, and it's it's fine. He, he draws a pretty, you know, buff and, and broad-shouldered Warlord. Um, but then when you get Warlord talking to Superboy about who he is and, and, and where he's from and what he's doing here, how he got here, um, those pages are illustrated by Mike Grell, and he has not lost a step. There's a great double page spread where he's um he's he's in, you know, battle action pose with with all the various women from his life um there and 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 basically the two-page origin story looks pretty sharp and then of course um John Timms is is telling the the page drawing the pages where um is the team on earth the usual um your usual suspect. So everybody's trying to figure out where where Connor may have gone to, um, how to also get back at this Dr. Glory from Star Labs, who has a hand in wherever Connor was sent to. So while the team is, is trying to come up with a battle plan, Drake, or Tim, sends Bart out on a mission. Um, so Bart goes to take off and 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 do his part of everything and superboy and warlord are are fighting lizard men um while having their conversation and 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 warlord's basically telling me oh i'm from earth also and they're they're just getting to know each other while they can um handle some handle some things and when you get to um when you get to the end of the issue, um, the you find out that Bart collected or or, or assembled um, Young Justice, and this particular Young Justice at the end of this issue is Spoiler, Aqualad, Arrowet, and sideways and and so as if there weren't enough characters with with the young justice that started the series and the two kids from dial h for hero and the wonder twins um now we have these four so we're we're setting up to something big happening whether they find out where connor is or they get to star labs first or however things are going to shake out that there's going to be a lot of teen heroes um, involved and in, in on these pages, but um, things it it's not that the issue was slight. There just wasn't where 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 the pacing may just seem um, 
a little off. I'm I'm not I, I'm not upset with any of the work on the pages. It all looks amazing, especially the Tim's double page spreads. But um, but where we're talking about other books that we read tonight that were wordy, and the letterers really um, earned their keep. This the injustice wasn't as chatty. There there, there are definitely pages where characters are talking and 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 speaking their um their lingo the way the way bendis wants to write it but um it it uh things moved but but there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of um action on it It, it's not a um i'm obviously still loving it but it, it it's i'm i'm ready for us to 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 get to where we need to get to just just so there might be some feeling of a uh, of a payoff, but it's 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 hard for me to complain a whole hell of a lot about because it it especially the Tim's pages they just look gorgeous. I I can't stop. I I end up staring at 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 the panels just because I I adore the way the book looks. But um, but yeah, I, I I did enjoy it, and I was really surprised at the. At that last page, because I think this is—I haven't seen this awkward lad since Blackest Night, and I haven't—I um, don't remember the last time I saw Arrowette. So I mean, again, this is this Bendis pulling in other other characters that um, you either haven't seen or he's doing something with that um, that nobody else has uh, has had a chance to do anything with in a while. But yeah, I'm. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the 14th issue just to see where where the story is going. But it, it looks like there's going to be we're going to get maybe not a break, but they're they might focus on on say impulse um, for an issue, which may feel like it's slowing the story down a little more. Um, of course, we'll just end up tying into things, so it all it'll make sense once 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 you're shown the whole thing as it plays out, but. Um, there have been moments where there was some momentum going and, and we might hit a little bit of a speed bump just because that's the way the story is, is unfolding. You love young justice. My God, I do. You really do. Well, you're nothing if not consistent considering that Bendis and Tim's were your favorite writer and artist of 2019. So, well, I mean, it's, and, and I, and I didn't, uh, I came home with it yesterday, but I didn't get to read um, Turtles 103 yet. So, I mean, that, Young Justice and Turtles, is obviously not since I didn't read it last night. But those, I, I come home from the shop with those, and, and those are the first ones I read. So, so Young Justice I've had in the wings for, for a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, let's take care of some business, because I think we have a couple of shout-outs to take care of. We do. Got them already? Oh, I was no. I just that was my cue for you oh, to do it. Oh, you just want us? Yeah. So you, you want you want to make it known that we have shoutouts. You want us to do the actual shoutouts? Well, um, one of them, of course, uh, now at the inner circle level, and uh, was sent the invite to the Slack channel. So while we've been recording tonight, he may have already signed on. But we have Mr. Tom Kelly, who Woo-hoo! sadly we will not see at C2E2 next weekend. 
because uh, we won't be so there. crazy to see two e twos next weekend. Seriously. <laughs> so all of you all that are that are listening, though many of you are going, to ha- have a great time. Please do. Yes. Yep. We love have, you. Have a good time. Stay warm. Won't miss being there, but have a good time. Hey, hey, you don't have to go. You don't <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just rude. All right. That's well, hurtful. Not to them. I love them. It's just. It, to the, well, it's how do you just, think they take it? Well, it's. That? The, I just. I think it. Uh, whatever. Have a great no, time, guys. Them. I'm not talking about them. I love exactly. them. And uh, John Kleindel. What I'm up? assuming that's how it's pronounced. Let me know if I'm wrong. I'm inclined to agree with you. <laughs> Very nice. To, uh, to, to, to Mr. Christopher Hubble. Yes. Got What's it. that? Christopher Hubble is, uh, is back um, yes. today, actually, I believe. And big hugs out to our boy, our boy Rod. Yeah, my man. Absolutely. He knows why. He knows what he yep. did. Yeah. He knows what he'd be doing. You guys uh, who aren't uh, on the Slack don't know this, but I have to tip my cap to Jason because he instigated this little thread today. Uh, those one of these things is not true type deals where you get a list of things and you got to pick the personal things. And we have to guess which one of them isn't true. And a lot of people participated in it. And it was great. It just, it, it just, Fired me up for the the whole day just watching all these things go by and uh, I'm tickled I, by it. I have to give you a little uh, bit of props. I don't oh, usually do that, you, sir. Yeah, thank you for that. That was great. It was inspired. Yes, I, I would say I, I, as I told you in the thread, I've been friends with you for well over a decade now, and I consider myself, I consider you a very close friend. So I was, I was mouth agape at the fact that I did not know any of the things that you listed because. All but one of them are, in fact, true. So, mm-hmm. yep. There you go. It was a revelation on all fronts. Yes, and and if, I I did disclose on the Slack which one of mine was a lie, but I I said I will share with them the stories of the of the truths tomorrow when I have time. Oh, you have to. You can't just plant a seed and not water <laughs> it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I got, I'll I'll come up with mine and add them to the list. Nice. Woohoo! Nice. Uh, also, if you are not an insider into the magic of discount comic book service, it will be a revelation when you see just how much you can save. Go to dcbservice.com and you'll you'll weep with joy on how much money you can save on your favorite funny books and collectibles like Colonel Weird, Cosmogog, number one from Dark Horse, $1.99. Firepower by Kirkman and Somney from Image, $4.99. Where are you going to get a trade for four ninety nine? Don't be silly. Nowhere. Nowhere. And uh, from IDW, Transformers, 84, Secrets and Lies, Guido Guidi, Simon Furman, $1.99. Weed. In your travels. Should we team up for this step? Get this out of the way? Sure. I would like you to read. I got it right here. It's a big, thick-ass trade paperback uh, written by Sean Lewis. With art by Hayden Sherman. It was published by Image. It's called Thumbs. Uh, Thumbs is one of those stories where um, technology has been outlawed. But not before this uh, tech giant named Adrian Camus instigates this program where gifted children who succeed at this video game thing wrapped around this fortress victory 
concept. Uh, if if you're very proficient at this game and you're in an, in the upper echelon, the higher percentile of uh, players, you are ushered into this fortress victory. He's amassing all of these kids with v- that are very proficient with technology. Why? Well, he's got a beef with the way things are running, and he believes that technology should be for everyone. He he sends out drones to to people for free, to kids for for free, much like our patron uh, system, where if uh, the 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 greater make it good for for everyone, right? Where everyone's lifted up by by this this technology, and uh, you have a kid named Charlie fellows everybody knows him as thumbs because he's really good with his hands with the with the games and stuff and uh it turns out that there's two members of of uh the let's call them anti-technology group um one of them was uh his name is Sewell his son died because of cyberbullying the kid took his own life so he's got a beef with technology and this other woman her name's Cora her ex-boyfriend distributed intimate f- photos or videos on the on the in the what passes for the internet and this thing so she's got a beef with technology so they they have power these two people and and they they write this law up where technology is forbidden no technology uh-uh. so the um it, it, the story bounces around a lot and uh this 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 thumbs kid grew up with a personal nanny and the nanny was an artificial intelligence called mom uh they have fittings on their face where they attach the the vr headset and you know through most of the story this character walks around with these little portals or, or or ports on his face that he could install the 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 vr glasses and um the the big bad the the power come down on his little um fortress and uh they take his sister and he's wounded and blah 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 but the whole thing is it's a power struggle between technology and this Luddite government that doesn't want anything to do with technology. And the, the, the mom AI is trying to network all the remaining technology to get it out, get it over this, this power uh, structure. And you have this battle at the end where the, the technology storms the, 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 the houses of power. And it was really cool. It's a, it's a, it's a fun story, but as I said to David when we were talking, I think the visuals are on a higher plateau than the story. Mm. Yeah, the visuals are, Hayden Sherman's art is just amazing. It's so different. It's so left field. He does this this dot pattern overlay thing where the, the, the palette's very, very limited. It's grays like a teal and a, and a magenta e color, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and that's all. I mean, the, the it's a very 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 terse palette, very slight, but it works really well because the book has a uniform mm-hmm. feel, right? Um, and I was I saw myself marveling at the art. I think at the expense of what is a pretty threadbare story, 
right? Technology bad, took my sister, want to get my sister back. And now his sister becomes an advocate for this this new paradigm. And she's walking the walk and talking the talk. And he's like, what are you doing? I don't get it. And she's like, no, they finally get reunited and, and things happen. But um, I thought it was it was a very, very worthwhile read. But like I said, in good part, because I thought the art was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dap? The art is is um, is great. It's uh, it's. I mean, it makes no sense. It did make sense that it's very similar, but it's also slightly different than the work that was done in um, the Mary Shelley Monster Hunter book. It it's um, but it, it it's not an un like it's it, it's not an unfamiliar tale. It, it's a unique take on it, but it's not. It's you know. We've seen a lot of the aspects from the story in, in, in other tales, but um, it's also kind of Ender's gamey, just without the hatefulness that the author likes to preach. But it it does. Um, I, I I I dug the technology aspect of it. Um, it's it, it's I mean, Vivian's kind of got brought you to the end, but it it's. It it ends on the clean side, but after everything else that you've read and went through, it it it, it kind of needs it. It's um, your whole story is right here in this trade. There, there's there's no yeah. Um, there's if there's a sequel, you, it, it it's not implied, but it's this is this is the story, and and it's it's a solid enough story, and and the way the way things play out, some of it may come come as a surprise in, in some aspects and if so then, then then kudos to to the creators for for being able to to pull that off on you but it's um it's this was more of a, of a visual treat for me it's 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 a solid story but it's not a um it's not a new or groundbreaking story mm-hmm. right and the 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 creative team makes a very compelling argument for the non-technology side absolutely yeah it's just, it's not just like technology's bad because yeah. i you mean know, technology brought this book to you so i mean right. obviously technology is a tool that, that should be used but it's okay to also turn the phone off and 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 you know look outside and, and participate Ex- exactly and i found myself uh I don't want to say siding, but at least um, I was compassionate to the arguments put forth by the powers in charge. Uh, That the the large the 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 population realized that you know we wasted a lot of our time, yeah, with these these phones and these games and all these things. And but they also. they amped it up because they did lose kids. So it's, it's, it's like they were, um, they, they just took it to an extreme and, and, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to think that it could get the, the world that they create from this, that, that, that it could get that bad. But, um, it's also something I think you just have to get with experience. Like, yeah, that when, you know, 10 years ago, I, you know, I love playing games, on whatever device I had, but yeah, as, as you get older, it's like okay, you, whether it's it's your eyes, or you just need a rest, or, or you realize, you know, I'm spending an awful lot of time on this device that does so many other things. I 
you need to take a break. And, and in some cases that does happen when, when you get older and want to not, not be so confined or, or, or tethered to, to, to a device and, and you want to see what else is going on in the world. I, I, I now look for other ways to get information that isn't being shown to me on a screen. So it's, it, it, some of you just you have to find your own way but but there is a there's a message in this book and 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 it's one that um yeah people should hear or read yeah yeah um i'm through the whole thing i heard perfect circles disillusioned in my head if you you've ever heard that song it's basically disconnect reconnect with everybody because you're not just a person through a screen you're you're part of a global community and I, I understand. I get it. And, and I've, I've thought that way for a long time. So th- there is a message to this thing, but it's, it's amazingly rendered. Just jaw-droppingly gorgeous. Yeah, it is. And I, I've, I've seen some of uh, Frank Miller's Ronin in the pages. There, there are some yeah. contortions and, and sequences that just make me... They just recall Ronan for me. It's a good thing, right? So, um, yeah, check it out. Thumbs. You can. It's a 1999 trade paperback. It's all five issues. They were oversized issues, and you can get mm-hmm. it for a song from uh, our sponsor. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't read it yet, so I guess we won't be triple teaming here. Uh, so, in your travels, um, I picked up this book after. The Comics Journal. So let's go back. Your end best of lists. Our good buddy Cameron Hathaway posted um, the Comics Journal version of it, which was voluminous. There were just tons and tons of recommendations. It was fertile ground. So I read through it carefully and uh, noted some things that I had previously been unaware of that were getting a lot of praise. Uh, One of which was this here book, which is King of King Court, a memoir by Travis Dandro, D-A-N-D-R-O. It's a book by Drawn and Quarterly. Uh, And it is, um, it's a book that you better be in the right mindset to read because it is a autobiographical comic uh, by Travis of, of his own childhood. And it was a pretty fucked up childhood. Um, Travis, uh, as a young, as a young boy, I'm not sure how old cause of the cartooning style, it's difficult to tell, but he is, uh, his mom is have, has him hanging out on the weekends with, uh, uncle Dave, quote unquote, uncle Dave. And, uh, it turns out uncle Dave is his biological father mm. and she tells him. And so that changes the dynamic of the relationship. The reason that it was being handled that way was that uh, Travis was raised by his mom and his stepdad. Dave has been in the picture because Dave is a piece of shit. He is uh, a drug addict. He's a heroin addict. And he is in and out of jail and uh, all the things that come with being an addict. He is the awesomest, coolest guy to hang out with ever until... He needs his fix or he can't get his fix. And then he becomes angry and abusive and hurtful. And this is, this is Travis's journey over, over his life through interacting with his dad and 
loving him and then being heartbroken by him and abused by him and seeing his mother um, seemingly run back into the arms of this guy, even though the guy's a piece of shit and is bad for him and her. And um, it shows, it shows Travis growing up from a prepubescent little boy to uh, a, a late high school, let's say late teens uh, kid and, and, and dealing with the, the, the pain of, of having this guy in his life and wanting him out of his life and then bringing him back into his life. And it's just, it's just a very toxic series of relationships. Uh, and it's really disarming because most of the book is drawn in a Calvin and Hobbes type of style. It's a much rougher line than that, but, but certainly the main character who you can see on the cover of the book is meant to look like a black haired Calvin really. Um, and, uh, so this is this is Travis's first graphic novel. Um, there are moments of absolute brilliance in it visually, um, like panels that will haunt me for a long time. Uh, and then there are things within the book that I think are a little overwrought or um, not as uh, let's just say not as effective. Um, I, I I I never want to criticize. I never want to criticize someone who basically pours their heart and soul out onto a page to tell their story. Like it's his story to tell. Um, and by all accounts, it's a true story. So, um, you know, who am I, but, but, but I will say that since he did put it out for consumption, um, I, I don't know. I, I got done this book and I thought, is this book about catharsis for Travis just to, just to tell his story? Or was there a broader point? Because I think, like when you can, when you look at autobio books that say are more widely uh, known or appreciated, they kind of cross the chasm. Let's say like a Persepolis or a Blankets or something. There's generally a like a, a narrative or a, a a message beyond their personal journey, right? Like it's, it's, it is about their personal journey, but, but, but it, it, it speaks or resonates to a much broader viewpoint. This, I'm not sure it does that. I mean, I came away just thinking that I got a glimpse, a very personal glimpse into Travis's very difficult journey as a child dealing with this man that he both loved and hated. And I definitely have empathy for him and his journey. And I give him a hug if I saw him at a con but I don't think there was anything more there than just him needing to get this message out. And I don't, I, I want to be very careful not to be dismissive of that. Cause if that's the only reason, quote unquote, only he did it, then so be it. Like that's a perfectly fine reason to do it. But I'm, I do think this book wasn't, it's not a book that's going to leave you feeling as though there was a reward for, seeing his pain. Um, so a difficult book. I, I can't say that I, 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 like, again, I got this off of a list from TCJ of the best books of 2019. I think it's a well-executed, very heartfelt book, but as a story to be consumed and in as much as it's supposed to be enjoyed or, or uh, leave you with something, I'm not sure it does that. So I, I, I guess I give it an A for effort and an A for heart, but I can't exactly say it's 
something that I feel like you should you're going to be compelled by after you finish it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. Uh, I yeah, I encountered this very idea the other night. Like, is a work worth consuming if there's one or two small things that are really, really well done among a whole bunch of, I don't want to say effluvia, but like less enticing things. Uh, We were watching Rock and Roll. Have you ever seen Mm -hmm. Rock and Roll? Mm Mm-hmm. Rock and Roll no. is not a great animated uh, feature. No, it, it's it's okay, but there are a couple things within Rock and Roll, like the design for the big bad Mock. They modeled him after Iggy Pop. It's wonderful, and mm-hmm. the the whole thing is he's trying to summon this creature, and th- how they visualize the creature at the end of the movie is amazing. But as a whole, not a great movie. And and we were going over this in class where, so get one or two nuggets of brilliance within an entire work, is that enough to sustain you? Do you formulate an opinion based on those two nuggets or the overall experience? And with the book that you read, was the overall experience worthwhile because of those things that you did manage to pull out of it? Um... No, it is like I well again. So, I love autobio comics. Yeah, I, I seemingly read a lot of them. So, I do inherently ascribe value to the just the very idea of someone sharing their story. But generally speaking, I don't come away from them wondering why they wrote it. You know, right. like I like it. Even even the books like um, like Away that I talked about, or, or or In Waves. I mean, they are both also just very personal, sad stories of 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 these authors' journeys. In both cases, dealing with the death of of their significant other. Um, and if that's all they were about, then that's totally valid, and I would give them credit. But it's not all that they're about. There, there's more to it. And 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 it, and because of that, it's like catharsis within a a beautiful rapper, whereas this felt just more like catharsis, right? And so I I, I can't be critical of it because it's the, it's Travis's story, right? Like only he could tell his story. So, uh, like since I have no reason to think it was made up, I mean. It's powerful stuff, and I, like I said, I'd hug the dude. I mean, isn't you know shit childhood, but, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure. So I, I long-winded way of saying, yeah, I, I do think so. I think your answer to your question is yes. I mean, I, I think if there are pieces to something that you can appreciate, then it's worth it. It's worth the effort. Right. I, I agree. Which is why I showed it to them in the first place. But I, I think as a, as as a culture, we. I don't know if, if if the word the right word is lenient, but we have to be more accepting of creative endeavors as not being an all-encompassing knock me off my feet experience for what they are. You, you, in in any kind of conversation like someone listening to our show, there's going to be 
people that was like, okay, I enjoyed this part, but that whole thing about the TV shows in the middle, what the fuck was that? I don't get it. I don't want to, <laughs> sure. I don't want to hear that. So as a whole, was this episode worthwhile because we interjected other things in addition to comics with it? Or do, like, do you need a giant mental knife and trim the fat off things and just take the meat? I, I'm of the mind that I'm, I like everything. related to a work that I enjoy. So yeah, there are some things that are not um, the best mouthful of the meal. And then there are some things that are like, whoa, this is amazing. So I will take it all like, like yourself and and come away from it. Think, all right, okay. That, that was something. I can't define what that something was, but it was something. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm a better, I'm a more, well-rounded person because I experienced that, which wasn't all good. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm mm-hmm. tr- again, it's this this trying to to express things in those cumbersome words that doesn't really work out. But maybe that's just me. So, well, yeah. well I think our show is a living embodiment of what you're getting at, right? Not just on an episode by episode, but just in general. I mean, we know that there are personal friends of ours that that as soon as they see we have a guest they don't listen right right there are people that absolutely adore the book of the month episodes there are people that can't stand them there are people that love when we have friendly guests on there are people that hate that there are people that love when we have celebrity guests on or creator guests they hate people that hate that they're like you know what i mean so i i just think and and luckily for us they generally are willing to stick around and fast forward and or ignore the stuff they just generally aren't into which right. is awesome Right. I mean, we're we're basically like an old school rea- uh, variety show, right? I mean, we we have big band numbers and quirky skits and <laughs> and, and you know, in, in Tony's uh, case, stand up comedians. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I'm very resolute in the fact that I would never change any of it uh, based on public opinion or or critique. I I wouldn't change it. If, if, uh, and one iota it is what it is and it will always be what it is yeah right so i can understand the uh uh travis's stance on this is an experience take from it what you will uh it has benefited me greatly in creating it may not be the same for you but i had to get it out the sure. way the way right. i wanted no, to get that, it. that's a much nicer way to say what i was trying to say so thank you for that all right, and thank you for listening, people. Yes. Uh, if- oh, Vince, do you want to remind everybody what the book of the month is for uh, next week? I do want to remind them. Thank you for reminding me to remind them. Uh, we are going to uh, go back to some familiar territory because we just talked about Maria M. not too long ago, and it was, a again, a worthwhile experience, and uh, any instance where I can inject more Hernandez brothers into my life We'll do it. So we are going to read The Troublemakers by Gilbert Hernandez, which was published by Fanographics, I believe, uh, for the book of the month. And uh, it's part of that uh, fictional, not so fictional, uh, a fiction within a fiction of uh, Fritzy's movie-making escapades. So I think it'll be great, and I hope you will think that too, 
So uh, pick it up, the troublemakers. Gilbert Hernandez, yeah. And in the meantime, join us on the socials if you want to get some more of this Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. Uh, you know the drill. Do I? Yeah, I got. Say goodnight. I'm at a loss. I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I could squeeze my beer can. There we go. <sighs> David. Night. I, I don't have a beer can. <laughs> I can't crush my wine bottle. Just crush your claw can. <laughs> Jesus. You always got I mean, everyone's always got one can of claw. Right? I have a cooler right here, Holy loaded. Shit. I heard you. I have a cooler right here, loaded with white claw. I cannot wait to be at Heroes and have ice cold coolers full of the claw on a YouTube video to to share with our peoples. I'll drink it. What the hell? Oh, you'll like it. It's it's. No, it's I've had it. Cool. I'll drink yeah. it. I don't care. I just give you a hard time just because it's it's a little dainty. Yeah, it's not though, but that's cool. Oh, it's very dainty. It is. No, it's not. There's no hops in it. It's uh, come on. Oh, good lord. It's it's a suitable alcoholic beverage for a social atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It, I have to say it is pretty great that there's craft brewers everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were visiting our friends in uh the town of Westchester, PA. And uh No kidding. Yeah. The Kennedys, that's where they live. And uh well they live in the town over from there, but uh and there's a new craft brewer there, and we just rolled up to it, got a flight. It was delicious. Every beer was delicious. Did you ask them like, the uh, calorie content before you imbibed? Or did I didn't. You? I didn't. Look at you. Living large. It's a flight. I mean, they were three-ounce glasses. Were, you know, but still, they're IPAs. Those things are... No, no, I didn't get any IPAs. That's right. You don't drink them. What'd you have? Stouts? Um, I had their main, their Pilsner. I had... An oatmeal stout. I had a porter, and I had their equivalent. Uh, it's a, a, a their equivalent of like a um, um, what's the beer with the uh, with the orange wedge everybody drinks? Um, Corona. Oh, blue moon. Oh, blue moon. Yeah, the blue moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their version of a blue moon. I think flights are funny. Uh, it's. It, I think they're an excuse. On the one hand, it's great if you want to try different things, but on yes. the on the 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 commerce side, you're paying twelve bucks for a bottle of beer. If they do three ounces and you get like five of them, that's that's a big bottle of beer, and you're paying twelve bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Silly. Yeah, but they come well, on that plank of wood. Oh yeah, yay. <laughs> that's not i mean this was i guess because it's pa it was really i mean to me it was super cheap it was four twelve uh, four three ounce beers for like seven bucks oh that's not bad yeah yeah you'd pay seven bucks for a beer in, in, hell you pay nine bucks for a beer in new york city more than that a lot of times yeah all right, everybody. We're all relaxed and happy. We really don't want to leave, but we gotta because we're going to be doing another one of these real soon. So come back and join us. Thank you for enduring this. Join us on all the socials that I said. And in the meantime, we'll be back. Say goodnight, boys. Peace out, y'all.